0: This is the Tame Aperture Podcast. Open the pod bay doors, please, Hal. Hello,
1: Hal, do you read me? Do you read me, Hal? Do you read me, Hal? Affirmative, Dave. I read you. I read you. Open the pod bay doors, Hal.
0: Come on down
1: and jump some this shit. Sorry, Dave. I'm afraid I can't do that.
0: Welcome to the Tame Aperture Podcast where we talk all things movies from first time directors, indie films, art house and much much more. Today on the podcast we continue horror month by taking a look into the 1973 American supernatural horror film by William Friedkin based on the novel of the same name. Yes, we are talking about The Exorcist starring Ellen Burstyn, Max Von Sitto, Lee J Cobb, Jason Miller and Linda Blair. When a 12-year-old Regan is possessed by a mysterious and devilish entity, her mother, Chris, tries everything in her power to get her help, finally soliciting the aid of two priests to exercise the demons. I'm Gabe Bienendahl, filmmaker, film instructor, and movie enthusiast, and I'm joined, as always, by Alan Martindale, veteran podcaster, editor, and horror film fanatic.
1: How the hell are you, Alan? We're finally doing it, man. We're finally doing the scariest movie ever made. The best horror movie of all time. The movie that sent paramedics streaming to the theaters to, to aid in the people who were passing out and vomiting and convulsing because this movie was so terrifying.
0: Sensing a large amount of sarcasm coming from your voice.
1: Look, it, it was, uh, I, I remember, so I've, this is, this is a little shameful for me to admit, Uh, since I, I do love horror more than anything. Uh, I was not super familiar with the exorcist. I know I'd seen it a long time ago and I remember being kind of bored in it. And then, so I was not expecting much because I do remember kind of checking my watch and being like, come on, man, something's got to go, got to get going here. And then I was a little, I was pleasantly surprised. I was, I will say it's, it's, uh, I can see why people love it so much
0: interesting because based on the level of sarcasm coming from your voice in that initial read in terms of the scariest movie ever lie or ever made uh i was sensing a different uh ending to that sentence that you just sputtered
1: out maybe well here's the thing is it scary i don't think it's very scary it's uh it's creepy and i think if you're super religious i can understand how it would be very scary yeah
0: i think there's uh that element of religion to it it's not yeah i mean it's not scary from the perspective of that creepy clown over your
1: shoulder no no hugs the clown his name is hugs he's very he's a lot scarier
0: let's be honest hugs is very scary he's
1: very scary although he's part of the family my daughter loves him so much like she when i got when i got him I went to the Halloween store and I'd, I'd gone with her before and I was waiting until kind of the after season sale when everything goes on sale. Yeah. And so it was like the, like a week before Halloween and he, was, he came in an open box so it was super discounted and it was the one animatronic that she did not want me to get. So she was super pissed at me. But now she runs up, she hugs him, she'll take pictures with him. She loves him. like He's part of the family.
0: I, you know me I, and I've said this before, I'm creeped out by him when I see him over your shoulder. The best part, though,
1: is he's here all year long. It's not even just Halloween. I just brought him up up in the frame for today.
0: That's why we can title you horror film fanatic and horror junkie, because you have Hugs up all all year. This is not a seasonal thing.
1: No. And if you're listening on the podcast here, I I will go. I will take a picture of Hugs and I will post it to the Twitter and the Facebook and all that kind of stuff so you can go look at it.
0: I love it. You should totally do that. Because he's super creepy. He is. I'm proud of him. And this movie doesn't, you should be. And this movie doesn't have that type of scare. But I like what you said. I think more than anything, uh, it's disturbing.
1: It's disturbing. You know I mean? Yeah.
0: It, it, there's a, there, it's not uh, wake up, nightmare, scary hugs in your face, like hugs is over you and you're just sweating bullets, dying. But this film's disturbing and it's creepy.
1: It's super um, creepy, especially because it's happening to a child.
0: And, and that's always a, a good gateway into forming some sympathy from the audience, right? When you have a child as your protagonist who's basically going through the experience, immediately there's always a little bit more uh, uh, kind of, from, from the perspective of the viewer, a little bit more, I don't want to say sympathy, but a little bit more of attachment from the viewer side.
1: Yeah, absolutely. It's, and you can relate to the, to the mother's plight a lot more. She's alone in this. She doesn't know how to deal with what's happening. She has no idea. Uh, It's To me, that's what's so scary about it.
0: Yeah, I think the uh, confusion. Yes. The the abstract nature of everything that's happening, the uncertainty. And then, let's be honest, there are very extreme moments in here of just pure, torturous violence to (laughs) self-mutilation and other things that are that are pretty disturbing from, from that perspective
1: and happening to a 12 year old child too is, is just I think that's, it's more shocking than anything. And I I don't know. I don't know. I'd be interesting to go back in time and talk to people who just walked out of the theater and ask them what part affected them the most. Because I, I mean, from what I've read, I wasn't born when this was made in 1973, but from what I read, this was kind of a phenomenon it was uh, people were like it was a huge thing and even when they were shooting the film uh, Linda Blair who was I think 14 years old at the time had to have bodyguards with her because the religious extremists were threatening were were sending her death threats because they thought that this movie was glorifying Satan I mean it's just so uh, the whole thing is absurd It sounds
0: wild in that context. I think even now, if you look at it with the 2020 lens, maybe the 2019 since 2020 is a shit year. (laughs) Let's go back in time. (laughs) It's not even going to be called 2020 vision anymore.
1: No, no. They're going to rename that phrase just because of that.
0: Or is it now everyone can see 2020 because they've lived it? Yeah. Good
1: point. Good point.
0: Either or, but, but my point being is, you know, this is a, a 45-year-old movie-ish, and 45-plus years, yeah, I mean, the context, now you, you might get a little bit of that, but not to the extent that you probably did in 1973 where there's religious zealots and people getting overly uh, inflamed about the content. I mean, I don't think you see that. You wouldn't see that now like you did in
1: 73. No, I don't think so. Uh, well, God, who knows? <laughs> I don't think so. I really <laughs> I, don't. I don't think to that extent, but I... Honestly, nothing would surprise me anymore.
0: Not to the extent of of ha- a twelve year old having bodyguards. It's right? pretty crazy.
1: It's pretty crazy. Of course,
0: once again, twenty twenties changed it up. I think maybe if if we were to take a DeLorean back a year, maybe what I'm saying is true.
1: I, I think I think you're probably right. Uh, and now
0: twenty twenty, maybe it's not true. So
1: now I I can see people doing it just because they think it's what's right and they want to. You know, it's just I don't even know anymore. I've lost well, all sense if, of reality.
0: Yes, that's the other thing. Nobody, there's uh, there's no logic in the world whatsoever. <laughs> no,
1: there's not. No, there's not. It's and crazy. not to
0: get overly political, but both sides are just a bunch of nonsense. Bunch of losers. It, I'm sorry.
1: We're just, we're just, I mean, idiocracy. People have been saying that for years, but it, it's the first time it feels like that movie's come true.
0: Is that like, talk about religion in the sense of prophecy. Yeah. <laughs> Right, idiocracy is a prophetic vision of a film. Mike Judge,
1: not? man, who knew that he was a prophet?
0: Well, he's a, he's <laughs> a hell of a screenwriter,
1: that's for sure. <laughs> that's for sure, that's for damn sure.
0: Um, but getting back to, to the exorcist as the movie, like one of the confusing things to me, uh, is that if you look at the total runtime of the film, I think it's a, just under two hours, like an, an hour 52. And I'm trying to figure out if we needed the first 10 minutes at that length. And the first 10 minutes of the film is basically uh, the introduction of Father Marin. Father Marin, by the way, uh, becomes a pivotal character in the beginning and the end. But the beginning, it's so long.
1: And it's pointless. Like it re- I, I kind of agree with that we don't need it. I don't know if we need it at all. I don't know what we're getting out of it. I almost think it'd be better if Father Marin was introduced to the story when he come when he enters the house.
0: Because the yeah, and that that could be interesting to to kind of fill it that way. The only thing I can do in justifying it is that it's intro of course introducing. So, let's give a little context quickly. Father Marin is a is a priest, but he's also Indiana Jones?
1: I I I don't I don't understand. I don't it was obviously, it was an archeological dig, right? Yeah. In Iraq.
0: Yeah, so they're in Iraq. They're doing an archaeological archeology, archaeol. Archeo, oh my
1: God. <laughs> it's a tough <laughs> one. I stumbled over it too. <laughs> um,
0: but, but they're doing a dig in Iraq. And here's the thing is that, by the way, w- the first two minutes of the film with the long tracking shot of the kid running to tell some white archeologist that they found something, I literally was waiting for, uh dr jones totally i thought it
1: was shorty for a minute yeah yeah it
0: felt like i thought i thought they were gonna like call out dr marcus brody (laughs) like dr marcus brody dr marcus brody uh (laughs) but but it's it's uh he finds it basically to sum it up but i think it's too long that first 10 minutes just stretches and it's this amulet that he finds right that has some kind of religious significance
1: yeah, and do they ever say—honest—I'm not going to lie. There were a lot of moments in this movie where I I was trying to pay attention, but I zoned out. And I, I had to keep rewinding it and going 10 seconds. You're like, I just don't button.
0: give a, I do don't give a fuck.
1: It's just—it's too long, man. Like, it, it is. It's just too long. Like, it's—a it's, lot of the, the stuff is not needed. There's some really weird— shots that are full-on setups that they, they literally had to set up in a new location just to get like one shot. It, it's it's weird and I don't know why other than Will, William Freakin just wanted to spend as much money as possible. I did hear that this this movie was supposed to be shot in like 80 days or something and it ended up going like 230 days and I'm not surprised at all. It's a hell of a long production. <laughs> it's a long production. The
0: Everyone was just I mean, the union guys were loving it. Oh, yeah, they they're to,
1: stoked. They're they got stoked.
0: their overtime, time and a half, et cetera. They were loving life.
1: Studio's because, not so happy.
0: And the other thing, when you're a filmmaker, and a lot of people that are listening may not know this, but when you're in, you're in the film industry, you're basically a freelancer. So if, if you went from 80 days to 200 plus days, uh, that's good day because you're, you're staying, sticking around for a job three, four, five months longer than you had anticipated. Yep. And there's, there's peaks and valleys. So sometimes jobs come in like a waterfall and sometimes they dry up like the desert. So (laughs) (laughs) the point is, I think this crew was probably relatively happy because they had a job for an extra five months.
1: Yeah. Yeah. But you, I mean, you can see, you can see that there's some stuff in there that just is unnecessary. It's almost like Friedkin wanted a a trip to the middle East. So he decided to uh, include this sequence. I don't know.
0: Yeah, and I, and I I don't think that's uncommon though. I feel like uh, a lot of uh, filmmakers will do that. I swear they just write it in, and they'll be like, "Oh, Netflix is covering the budget." So <laughs> let's go. Let's let's go to Hawaii, dude. Let's will Smith. Comidian.
1: Will Smith funded an entire trip to China for he and his family so they like, could right. make Karate Kid.
0: Yeah, exactly. <laughs> why did we need that? I love Will Smith. Why, why did we need that movie though? Will
1: we, we didn't need we that didn't movie. need that movie at all. I know,
0: yeah, we didn't need it. You no. just diluted the original. But not to get... Thanks for shitting on Karate Kid.
1: Um, exactly. Well, I, you know what? That brings up a good point, though. I am glad they have not remade this movie. I'm oh, surprised. They can't remake it. it's, 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 I don't know, man. They've tried to remake everything at this point. Why was.
0: Hey, the first movie we did this month, Texas Chainsaw. Yeah. I mean... Remake. They, and I kind of shit on it. I think yeah. I gave it a, in the fives. I think you did. I, I even said that. I mean, but... Here's the deal. The reason is they can't make, remake Texas Chainsaw. It is what it is. It's embedded in history and culture and in the eyes of the viewer as what it is. It's too good. Right. So uh, I, I, we won't compare this to, to Chainsaw, but I actually like this movie. It's a really well-made movie. I, it's one of those things, again, where you get off on sequels and it's like, don't go recreate shit that already works.
1: Right. I mean, honestly, remakes, if, I mean. if you want to if you want to shit all over a classic movie, just let the sequels do it, because that usually does the trick in almost right. every case. So
0: I'm with you. I'm glad they haven't haven't remade this. But that first part of the movie where we get introduced to Father Marin, it's 10 minutes of him walking around in Iraq. Now, one thing they do introduce <laughs> is an amulet that has some form of significance. We'll get into that in a little bit. And then they also introduce or foreshadow the idea of a demon because he, it's a shot where he's walking up the hill and then he sees this demonic statue and the statues highlighted in the sun reflecting back on him. And then it's these quick cuts and dogs are fighting and it just kind of, it, it's
1: insinuating something. Mm-hmm. What, what are the pills he's taking? Cause it seemed to me. And it, again, I, I was kind of
0: take that in the beginning or just towards the end
1: at the beginning too. So here's, okay, here's the remember. sequence that, that again, I, I, I was kind of zoning out at times, despite my best efforts to stay in the moment. Um, And I will
0: say this in contrary, real quick, sorry to interrupt. I was the opposite.
1: Okay, what do you mean?
0: Uh, I I didn't zone out. Like, remember with Texas Chainsaw, I told you I was like, I was indifferent.
1: Yeah, yeah.
0: It was just like, yeah. But I was actually whatever, and maybe because I haven't seen this movie in 20 plus years, I haven't watched it since I was a teenager. So maybe I was just intrigued about a new, a new quote unquote new movie because I hadn't seen it for sure and long. a new
1: classic too right right. so it, it may be it, I don't know, man, but here's the sequence that i that I understood was he he seems fine, like he seems fine. he's doing his work on the ar- archaeological dig uh, and then he finds that amulet. he has the interaction with the statue, mm-hmm. and then it almost feels it feels like he's he's frail physically all of a sudden. And I don't know if he was if he was that way before or only after he had the encounter with the statue and found the amulet, because that's when I first noticed he took the pill in the restaurant. Okay. So that's I right. I don't know I, if if his interaction with the statue caused him to be shaken and all of a sudden now he's a frail old man. I mean he was old before, but now he's really like kind of shaky and and seems really disturbed and, and something's bothering him. And I didn't catch that before. So,
0: so my thought on that is that, uh, this interaction takes place in Iraq between him and some demon later on. It, it jumps years. It's 10, 12 years later. It's, it's, it's essentially right. Yeah. When it jumps to the, the location of, uh, Washington DC, Georgetown university, all of that atmosphere. But my thought is that he, that that, ha, that that was the introduction of some showdown between this demon and Father Marin. And then th- something happened traumatically, and as a result of that, his only way to overcome the exorcism that he performed on... Because they even mention it later. They, right. The priests are like, hey, he exorcised these demons in Africa or something like that. I don't know. So um, that's the only thing I can think of, but... 10 minutes is a long time to get into the to the movie
1: (laughs) yeah it it really is and like i said i think it's unnecessary i I mean i get what they're doing they're kind of setting up because it's really cool later on and we'll talk about it when he's entering the house and you hear the demon upstairs yell marin like that's that's cool because that feels like old foes are gonna go at it again you know it feels like
0: another showdown
1: exactly and and i think if you're gonna have that that introduction with Marin at the beginning, I think you either have to go into more detail about what happened to them or you just explain it expository. Like you just, you just discuss it in the dialogue. Yeah, and
0: I would prefer the, 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 the first of those because sure. I, 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 in this case, I mean, it's not that I'm even against exposition and like just telling what happened. I like, in this case, there's a little curiosity there. It's too long. 10 minutes is drags. But well, especially it when
1: it's 10 minutes of him just walking on a road. Yeah. I Not, mean,
0: <laughs> even the I, – I like this movie, but the pretentious push in oh. on his face when it goes in, goes in, goes in, and then all of a sudden it cuts to the demon statue, and you're like, okay, now. There's so much of
1: that in this movie. Is this is Sergio so
0: Leone, is that what we're doing here? We're doing like a wild spaghetti western? Is What's going it,
1: on? It does feel like Friedkin thought he was making some very important – I mean – and I'll talk about Friedkin a little bit. Uh, yeah, let's on. be clear.
0: Friedkin also made The French Connection, which is a fantastic. He made movie.
1: I didn't I didn't even know this. He made Blue Chips, he did. I yeah. did. I had no idea. I love Blue Chips. Yeah,
0: he's a good filmmaker. Right. There's no doubting
1: that. Right. Right. Not many people like Blue Chips actually, which is surprising. Uh, I, I was looking at it, and I I'm surprised at some of the ratings. But I but love is, that movie. Is
0: Blue Chips the one with Shaq and Penny?
1: Yeah, Shaq and Penny and Nick yeah. Nolte before he became an absolute yeah. drunk.
0: I like that movie. It's and great. I great. Like, I thought it was a fun movie.
1: Yeah, it's great. That, I love that, it.
0: That's because I like the NBA. I like basketball. Yeah, me too. That's kind of my so. thing too. So, uh, but yeah, I mean, yeah, well, he's no he's basketball good. tangents tonight. No basketball tangents. Yeah, I know. Tonight. And I other will than, say this:
1: you other than fuck the Lakers. <laughs> Seriously, I don't even want to talk about that right now. Uh, but you brought up chainsaw. I made a promise to myself: I'm not going to bring up chainsaw one time tonight.
0: You just did. No, I yeah. <laughs> Starting
1: now. right now (laughs) no i'm i feel you um
0: but that 10 minutes is long the next scenes basically it establishes them in georgetown university washington dc area and it introduces um uh what's her name chris who's ellen ellen burston um great actress and uh, her daughter regan who's played by linda blair and chris is a film
1: actress pretty famous too
0: and, and in the story, she yeah, she's very very well known. And I guess she's in that area of Washington D.C. because they're making a movie. Um, she even has a PA, con- her assistant or whoever it is. <laughs> not, not a PA, but an assistant. And um, they're living in this house and uh, with her daughter, who's 12 years old. By the way, Linda Blair, very like a very cute little girl, like very like innocent, very like in the opening of her introductory. Piece to her character. Like right. She's very cute, just very like, you know, bubbly and kind of uh and uh but the 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 scene is the inner this is the my first question. Question number one. Okay. Okay. And it's not hard one, it's not it's okay. overly complex. But Chris hears something in the attic. Okay, Chris hears something in you know, that. She gets up, then she go it proceeds to tell the housekeeper or whoever it is, the caretaker. The Nazi hey, the, there's rats, the Nazi. There's rats in the attic. Okay, so question number one for me
1: is, what was in the attic? I I it think wasn't it's, rats. I think it's implied that it's the demon. I think that's the implication. I don't know, but that's the way I took it.
0: So we knew it. We I mean, even watching it, you would know it's not rats. It's a horror right. film. Right, but. but-
1: and, and later, and it
0: never explains it. I'm confused. I, I mean, I was. I guess I'm presuming it's the demon, but it it doesn't go any deeper. Like, why is he in the
1: attic? You know what I mean? And this is. There's so many things in this movie that I think they either need to drop all or they need to go into some detail on it, or at least have some sort of explanation. And it it kind of it kind of bugs me a little bit that we get lots of stuff like this throughout the whole film. Uh I don't know what's in the attic. I don't know why it's in the attic. I don't know why it hides out in the attic first. Um, I will say, and I know I'm jumping ahead a little bit, when she goes up into the attic, that was a, that was a creepy scene. I really enjoyed that. I liked it because there's no music. There's very little music in this, which I actually I thought was very effective to not, not overload it yeah. with that. And it made it a little bit more realistic. Um, but I like that scene when she's up there. I think it's super creepy.
0: Yeah, that one happens a little later after right. Yeah, but she hears the rats again and then she goes up. But that is that is it was really cool too when she's going up there, things go dark and then her little candle that she's using just blows into a right, flame. Right,
1: right. And you and you can't tell I couldn't tell if she noticed it because she's kind of turning around at the same time or or if she if she did or didn't notice it happen cuz it happened right in front of her face, but she was turning around to to see the the Nazi caretaker guy. I call him a Nazi because that's what one character calls him in the movie, just because he's yeah, German. Yeah, yeah,
0: and he, yeah, I know. He, uh, though that attic scene is good. Here's what I'm trying to piece together in my mind, and maybe I'm, and and you help me answer it or think about it, because after she goes and hears whatever it is in the attic, when she goes t- to check on her daughter in her room, her daughter's window is open. It, is this before the bed starts shaking. Yeah, yeah, this is the okay. very beginning this is right after we get out of that hellhole 10 minutes of okay Okay. i'm being over dramatic i'm it's not that bad but it's that opening 10 minutes now we're this is just to be honest this is the beginning of the film yeah this is where it should start um but her windows open so now i'm thinking okay regan's windows open in the middle of the night it's a little bit cold outside and the the theory for me would be that that i guess the demon Came through the window and into the attic, right past Regan's bed. I guess so. The way I'm I, kidding, I was joking. Because I, I, well, why would I he go right past Regan's bed?
1: <laughs> yeah, exactly. Well, and the, the thing is, the way I kind of looking back on it, the way I kind of interpret it is, when she when the, when Chris does go in the attic, I kind of feel like she's letting it loose. Even though the caretaker yeah. went up and put traps like in there, because we see the traps that he set out, so we know for sure that he's been up there but for me it kind of feels like when she goes up there she's letting the demon out
0: yeah i like that that's 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 probably what happens um and that comes a little bit later she she goes up there later but because right now this this next 10 minutes after that we're just basically we're 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 establishing characters so chris regan and they have a real nice dynamic as a father or father as a mother and a daughter. I like it. What did then you think all... of
1: Chris as a character?
0: It's kind of a interesting thing because as a parent, I feel like she was a good parent. I thought, I thought oh, she was pretty good. And then at the same time, she was almost too accepting of this behavior from her daughter in the sense that her daughter obviously has no control. I mean, I don't know. They built it pretty interestingly. I liked the character.
1: It, w- it was interesting some of the choices they made because she's kind of a bitch like she, you see her at work when she's acting and she's treating everyone like garbage and you know you've been on film sets I've been on film sets I've never seen an actor even if they're arrogant I've never seen an actor be that abrasive to people you know oh and I see I didn't get that I really didn't feel like the, the makeup it, person's coming up to her and she's like brushing her off and like trying to kind of throw her back and yeah she's kind of she's not all that nice to the assistant but and I think
0: it, she was getting distracted by some protest going on, and so she was focused on going over there, no? But wasn't that part of the scene? Wasn't that the film? Oh, that is the film, because yeah. it's not
1: – Yeah, you're right. I'm, you're right. You're right. That's part of the yeah. film. So, so she's acting. Well, and yeah, she's probably acting. But, and then, but then to contrast you know, what I thought was pretty abrasive behavior, she obviously loves that little girl to death. She loves her daughter to death. And she's, you know, you you can see, I thought they did a great job of capturing that mother, like you said, that mother-daughter relationship and, and how important they are to each other. I yeah, thought, in, I really liked that.
0: In the, Yeah, th- no, I think the chemistry there between mom and, and daughter is great.
1: It almost feels like Reagan's the only thing she cares about in the world.
0: Yeah. Yeah, all the other stuff's just subsidiary it's just secondary
1: I mean even when her uh, assistant says you got an invitation for dinner at the White House she she doesn't bat an eye like she doesn't seem to care you know yeah but when when Reagan's there she lights up and I, I thought you, the, the movie doesn't work if you don't have that established
0: you have to absolutely have that dynamic between mother and daughter yeah. and I think they established that well I didn't see her quite as a bitch, though I didn't I didn't because even after the scene Then she walks away. She's like very, she's kind of very friendly. She's walking down the street. Kids are running down the street. She's smiling at them. That's true. You know? So I think it's more that, I think she's in that scene, in the character. Maybe. And that could be. That could be. But this is where we also get introduced to um, Father Karras, right? Uh, Incidentally, he's on this area close to the set, and he's walking. It's just a shot of him. We don't hear him. We don't, or we don't hear him say anything or do anything. We just see him walking by. And in the background, that's a wrap because they're filming on the university property. So, uh, we, we get it, just a cross introduction of, of, uh, uh father, father Karis. This is an interesting character. Yeah. Because I, I wasn't sure how to break this one down. He's a psychiatrist priest. To, it's
1: it's interesting. Oh, sorry. Go ahead. I, I stepped on. No, no, no. That was that, that was the. Well, because after this movie, you know, I I'm a sucker for for possession movies and exorcist movies and stuff like that. I love them. Like to me, they're I, do so too. Much I fun.
0: They're 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 very they're they're intriguing. They're interesting. They spark my curiosity for sure. Yeah,
1: and after this movie, obviously, this is kind of the movie that 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 started that genre. And after this, it, it's almost like they went down the road of. Priests who have lost their way, who who have lost their faith, and they have to find their faith by conquering this demon. Like it's very cliched, and they didn't really fully do that. You could tell, like he he wants to leave because I think he wants to be a real psychiatrist, you know. And I yeah. I think that's kind of why he wants to leave and he wants to be with his mother and and all that kind of stuff. But he does. He's not a priest. I I thought hundred percent that they were gonna go with the priest who totally lost his faith. And when his mother died, I was like, oh, that's what they're going to do. They're going to go down that road now. And they yeah, didn't, thank true. God, because that's so overplayed. But to, so it's just interesting. He's a very curious character. I, I, I don't quite think I grasp the whole point of having the mother storyline.
0: Yeah, I think we, uh, the, his character is interesting because I do sense and you do feel the internal conflict. And they're definitely playing with, like you were saying, the science versus
1: religion aspect. It, it's interesting right? they married the two together.
0: I thought they did it really well. I did too. Quite, quite interesting how they did it because um, what ends up happening is is Father Karras, who's a psychiatrist, like you said, he's got the conflict of, like, I want to leave the church and get into science purely. Or, or you'd be a psychiatrist. Um, but I thought they married the two, like you said, together really well.
1: Yeah, it's it's very interesting. Uh, I, I wasn't expecting that, and I thought they did a good job.
0: Because we make a uh, – I don't want to jump forward too quickly, but but basically what ends up happening uh, right before uh, – or I should say right after um, Chris comes home, she has this real kind of uh, loving moment with her daughter. And then uh, they're down in the basement – looking it's obvious they're like renting the house or, or whatever or mm-hmm. you know and uh her daughter pulls out a
1: ouija board ouija board yes like okay, she's so, now, so happy when now, i saw that now
0: we're gonna get, <laughs> get something going
1: it's like yeah all right already already we're getting creepy
0: but i like what what i do like that friedkin does is creates a atmosphere that, that feels authentic like a lot of times when you do introductions to certain spooks and spectaculars, it's like very campy and very like, oh, like here's the sh- big close-up shot of the thing moving in. Oh, she found a Ouija board yeah. under the bed. The and ominous like string
1: music starts the playing.
0: Star- exactly. <laughs> and I like that he creates something authentic like, hey, mom, look what I found. And she almost plays it off like it's kind of jokey. She yeah. doesn't have it. She doesn't care. I mean, it's just a, it, it's a Ouija board.
1: This right. is kind of like in, in most haunted house movies where like the kid will find a doll or something like a creepy doll. You know, like she plays it off just like that. It's not like a big right thing. It's just like, oh, you found a cool thing. All right. Let's 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 play. You know, it's it's like everyday life.
0: Exactly. And then this is where it kind of gets interesting because there's a little bit of an introduction there uh, where they have the, they pull the Ouija board out. And then she says uh, Regan says something about Captain Howdy. <laughs> Captain
1: Howdy which (laughs) i i love it man like the real name of the demon in this movie is pazuzu
0: yes and And that's what i was the question one of the questions for me was at least when i was watching it as i was going through it in a linear fashion who is captain howdy
1: yeah (laughs) it's the demon right
0: and that would be yeah now that we've seen it and uh and i didn't go into all that research but we know that it's the it's the demon that's I would imagine he's introducing himself because she's obviously felt or seen or done something, right, with the demon, right? Because right. she knows him by name. I think he's just introducing himself in she- like sheep's in uh, wolf and sheep's clothing. Like I'm Captain Howdy. It, you know what I mean? It's
1: a very Stephen King esque name, like something so uh, out of the 1950s. Like
0: yeah, I like it. It's funny and it's it's, it's great. Complete contrast to the demonic name is it
1: pazuzu pazuzu i think that's it yeah by the way did you did you did you catch they did show captain howdy a couple times very briefly
0: i did not you have to you have to plug okay they have two
1: they have two spots where they flash him on the screen okay and one is when uh uh not father Marin, uh how do I not know? Let's Father see. Karras. Father Karras. Yeah. One is when he was having his, his dream sequence where his mom's yeah. like going the subway and oh, stuff. Yeah. Yeah. I know. He flashes it to. for just, it's an eighth of a second. And right. then later on he flashes on screen again when the exorcism starts and yeah, he's more in that. pain. I, so it's cool. It's cool.
0: It, it, I do remember those quick montage cuts and I, uh, that bit of a montage is specifically with the mother. Um, and I did, and I remember seeing something flash, but I wasn't putting two and two together. I didn't realize that was actually him,
1: the demon. And if you're that. out there, go. I mean, it's it's a creepy little thing. Like it, it doesn't. If you see it, like search search for the Exorcist demon face, and yeah. and look for uh, the images, and it, it'll pop up immediately. It's not super right. scary, but when in a no, flash, cool. like William Friedkin wanted to have, he wanted people to be unsettled, so he would kind of use it as almost like a subliminal message. I think. To kind of right. get people kind of freaked out a little bit,
0: and there's some, and and those are interesting editorial choices from a montage perspective. Yeah, like because because they're they're not uh, the the same type of pacing as the film. The film's very slow, and then a few times he does these great conventional montage builds where they're quick cuts, and you're like you said, you're in an eighth of a second, you're seeing. Uh, uh, you know the demon but I liked his editorial style in that sense where you change it up so you pace it out and then you throw in a quick montage you build that convention like oh that's interesting and then you don't see that again till later but it's kind of in the same style it's more informative and it's very cool stylistically so I I like the editing too by the way it it just brought me into that frame of thought
1: I did too by the way there's a CaptainHowdy.com
0: (laughs) CaptainHowdy.com (laughs) <laughs> uh, i love and this what, stuff so much what, what comes up in in captain it's
1: just like news about the actors and like when william peter blatty died i mean i don't think it's updated very often but it's it's well, it's just we might stuff have to like come that. back to that at the end yeah we will it's yeah it's a very old website
0: that's hilarious um and then uh but they get the ouija board now she puts her hand on it and they say and there is some form of movement but they, they shrug it off. They wrestle. They play. They go to bed. It's over. Uh, quick introduction. Now we shift the story from Regan and Chris to a little bit of Father Karras. Where fa- we get an introduction of who this guy is. Because up to now, and we're 20-plus minutes in now, roughly, and now we get Father Karras. And Father Karras is basically, um, he's walking down the street. He looks like he's coming back from somewhere, but he goes into this old, riggedy apartment. Which I thought was his initially, but then as we get in, we introduce that he's basically there to visit and check up on his
1: mom. Yeah. Uh, um. I again, I don't quite understand. I don't know what this is motivate. I don't know what motivation this is giving him. I, don't- I liked
0: it because uh, to me, it, it, I mean, it's simple, and I think the motivation for me, at least, is just to show a, a certain level of the character, like the sympathy of the character. And it immediately, for me, kind of identifies what kind of person he is to a degree.
1: Yeah, I mean, I, 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 I get that. Um, I don't know. I just don't. Typically, you're going to see some similarity between, you know, the person, you know, the character loses and the person that the character has to save. And I don't see many uh, similarities between his mother and Reagan. He, uh,
0: he looks after her. He wraps her leg up. He checks on her. He leaves her some money, right?
1: I, I mean, by the way, I had to turn on subtitles when he was talking to his mom and when he was talking to his uncle later because I couldn't understand what the hell they were saying.
0: Yeah, the mom's very difficult <laughs> to understand because she's speaking English-Greek.
1: Yes, yes.
0: Or Greek-English. Yeah. However, it's it's however. tough
1: to understand. I, I, I had to turn on the subtitles.
0: And, and uh, so... And and those are I think those scenes might even be reversed I don't know but they're in that we get the introduction the parallel sides of each character we get right. Regan and Chris and then we get Father Karis basically yeah we're introduced to them um what's the initial thought quickly on him as a character I mean we kind of talked about the dynamic between mom and daughter what do we what do we like what do we like or dislike about Father Karras?
1: and you know what I'm gonna kind of uh... I'm going to uh, pull a Gabe on this one. I just kind of indifferent to him. Like I don't dislike him, but I don't, I don't, he's not super engaging or charismatic. And to me, like this, the, the parts with him and his backstory, that's when I started to get bored. That's when I was like, okay, come on, let's just get to the creepy stuff. Um, I, I don't know I, to me. And I, I, I think I'm in the vast minority here, but I just don't. He's fine. Like, he's, he's fine. I think he was okay. I don't know if yeah. it was th- the casting that threw me off or the character or the writing or what it was. But for me, I just, I didn't really care. Again, didn't dislike him. Just didn't really, didn't really have any feelings for him.
0: Because we talked pretty, I think we liked the characters of mom and daughter, at least to a degree. Mm-hmm. Uh, and you just were like, give two shits about Father Karras.
1: Yeah, I, I really couldn't. Like, I like Father Marin much more. Father Marin's
0: interesting. Uh, I liked Father Karras because, you know, once again, I'm a sucker for the traditional approach to a character, which is to show the self-conflict, internal conflict, because the follow-up scene is him uh, just having a discussion with a fellow, fellow priest about his internal conflict of religion versus psychiatry and wanting to get out of the practice and get out of the, you know, the structure of the religion and this internal conflict. I mean, it's a bit of a an easy ploy to use to develop the character in terms of the the duality. But I liked it. So I actually liked him. I think what's what you're saying for me, at least I can understand what you're saying is the indifference comes in the fact that, I mean, his character and the performance itself, and it's probably how freaking wanted him to do it, but it's very subdued. It's just a subdued low kind of droll paced acting style right
1: yeah yeah and i think it it works it definitely works like when he was when he had his interact interactions with uh with chris i liked i liked those scenes when he had the interactions with you know the demon captain howdy i love those scenes i thought those were great yeah um but just something about him and the mundane life that he's leading that just doesn't it just didn't do anything for me
0: and then, as we're moving through the story, we're we're cutting back and forth. We're back with uh, Chris and with uh, Regan. And where's the dad in all this? That was my other question.
1: I think, and this is something that I, I thought they did really well. Um, the dad is obviously very absent now, and just kind of the nature He's of cel- Europe absent. Yeah, Europe He's like, absent. I'm out of here. Yeah, I mean, just by the nature of of celebrities you kind of get the sense that maybe he's a celebrity too and maybe he's working on a project or maybe he just left or who who knows, you know, because celebrities tend to get married and divorce quite a bit. Uh, so who knows? But I did like how Chris is angry that he has abandoned Reagan. Yeah. To me, that just shows that she, like, because a lot of people, they get divorced and they're very bitter and that they will, uh, they'll kind of use the, the kids as pawns But Chris, her only concern is Reagan and how she's feeling in all this. Like when she's on the phone with the operator trying to get a hold of him because he didn't call his daughter on her birthday. Like to me, that that's when I that's when I was like, yeah, I like her. I like Chris.
0: And we and we see as an audience, we see Regan listening in secret, secretively. Yeah. uh, On her mom yelling, like showing the passion about the father being, you know, not checking in. Then she gets a random call, which I su- late at night, like two or three in the morning, which I assume is him, and it's or, or I would I would guess or maybe it was Rome. I can't remember. Anyway, the real point of the scene is that she wakes up and realizes that Regan's in the bed next to her because <laughs> she can't sleep, and Regan is like, I can't sleep, and then she says, my her bed was shaking.
1: Right, which I mean, pretty creepy. It's pretty creepy. So. And uh, now, you know, with hindsight, everyone, even people who haven't seen the movie, know what the hell's going on here. They they know that the bed was actually shaking.
0: But it's a, it's an interesting little little plot device because it, as you rewatch it or see it for the first time, it, it, it starts to build the curiosity. It, the, things are going to escalate from here. They can only keep like, going way higher because it's a little creepy, like you said. And then the mom goes to check it out. And this is where I believe, Alan, we talked about this scene, and she goes to look at the bed, but what she ends up doing is going to the attic. Yes. And she goes to the attic with her little candle bra,
1: her little holder. And uh, th- nice little jump scare here. Yeah, it was cool, man. It was cool. I I, was, I honestly, it almost, the exorcist is so well regarded that you almost, I, I, for me, I'm thinking, well, there's probably not going to be many jump scares. It's probably just going to be, you know, one of these uh, really pretentious, in, important horror movies and they don't typically do that but yeah i was i was pleasantly surprised with that that whole attic scene like i said freaked me out man it it was creepy
0: the attic scene's freaky too because up to this point they haven't shown any handheld shots and everything's been pretty smooth with really consistent movement and when she gets up to the attic we see a pov of a handheld yeah and for me to a degree i think for anybody almost there starts to because you're both seeing it from the perspective of the person and the image on the frame starts kind of moving as if, you know, has that little bit of wobbliness where we've been so straight laced up to this point. I mean, that's a, that's a real good shot because then it cuts to it's a weird cut too, by the way, I really studied this scene. I know this, this particular <laughs> scene because I thought it was interesting how they cut it too. Cause she's walking forward and then the POV shot. And then all of a sudden that cut was weird because the, the uh the candle blows up big mm-hmm. right which is like a startling for me that's kind of was the startling thing because she gasps and then she it's a weird cut by the way if you rewatch it she turns around and she sees the carl or the what's his name the the nazi the nazi <laughs> Well, we did, we did talk about his having uh, the first 10 minutes
1: being Indiana
0: Jones, and it would make I, sense to have Nazis
1: Nazis fit right in there, yeah. Uh, by the way. But anyway, the,
0: good scene, well cut together, nice spook scare, really well done. I liked it a lot.
1: One, one character, I, I actually really want to get your impression of this guy, is, uh, <laughs> what is his name? The director, uh, Burke Dennings. Oh, can't remember. Yeah. This goddamn guy. This goddamn guy. What did you think of him? I mean I thought he fit the mold. <laughs> <laughs> he sure did. Now, now not here's the deal.
0: Look, we we know that there's stereotypes, point blank period in whatever it is. This would definitely fall under one of those. So I understand that not all directors are like this and the feature film that I edited, the director was nothing like this. Right. So but I mean, so I get that, that not everybody's like this, but when you think of the stereotype pretentious filmmaker,
1: is this not what you see? Honestly, like I, the whole time I'm thinking, this is William Friedkin. This is, I mean, I don't know if he intentionally is parodying, parodying himself, but this is him. Like this is what I, when I think of William Friedkin, I think of this guy.
0: This guy, yeah. It's <laughs> definitely a self-reflection. Yeah, this is a mi- I, I this hope a so. character. This I hope a so character of
1: him, because I think um, I think Friedkin and and I I don't know much about him, but the stuff I've seen from him and the interviews I've seen with him, uh, he takes he seems and I could be wrong. I could be way off in my perception. He seems to take himself pretty seriously, and he seems to take this this exorcism stuff very seriously. I don't know if very, you've seen that new documentary that he made. It's like the devil and father. So I'll look it up while, while we're doing this. It's awful. It's on Netflix. It's awful. It's, it's supposedly following. Um, I didn't even make it through the whole thing. Uh, it, it's supposedly following a, a real priest as he performs an exorcism on someone. And William Friedkin is featured prominently in this thing. And well, he-
0: I have some news for you as well we'll save it till the end but now you're saying he has an actual documentary about an
1: exorcism. Yes.
0: That he's he's he, because now he's the filmmaker and the resident expert. Yes, yes,
1: that's that's the whole thing. It's like because he made this movie 40 years ago, he's obviously the guy who knows everything about exorcisms now.
0: Well, here's the thing though, like if I was making a documentary about exorcism, I might want him in it too because culturally the the dude built one of the biggest movies cultural standpoint.
1: Well, uh, no doubt. I mean, you know what I mean? No no doubt. Uh, I, I would want him in it. He directed it, and he put himself in the movie prominently.
0: Oh, he directed it. Yes. I got you. I got you. I didn't, I didn't catch the two sides. No, okay, because I, I totally, I I totally
1: agree. If I'm making a documentary on Exorcism, uh, I'm absolutely trying to get an interview with him. I want him in. I want him in the doc for sure. First, I'm
0: going to go Linda Blair, and then I'm going to go Friedkin. Totally, Linda Blair's. Linda Blair. I don't know. She. She was great. But yeah, I'm with you. I got you now. So he was directing and starring in yes. his own documentary. Yes,
1: exactly. It, I mean, it, it's just like. Uh, it's kind of like how I don't, there's a, a a zombie documentary. It's about zombies, and of course you have only
0: you would know that.
1: <laughs> I know it's great. Of course you have Bruce Campbell, Ash from Evil Dead. You know, like. You, and, and you have all the and you have uh, uh simon Pegg and you have all these guys who have made zombie movies obviously you do that you know but uh i, I don't know if you you direct it and make yourself a, a starring role in, in
0: it in in your own documentary yes well we'll get into Freakin' a little later i have a couple pieces of news okay the-
1: it's by the way that the doc is called the devil and father amorth it is on Netflix i do know that
0: Go check it out, everybody, before you watch The, no,
1: watch the Exorcist. <laughs> watch The Exorcists first, first yeah. Watch um, that. <laughs>
0: so uh, we, we, we get, we get the, the jump scare in the attic. There, obviously, there's no rats, but we know there's some kind of evil spirit or some kind of, I, for lack of a better way to say it, some kind of poltergeist because now we have – it's noisy. It's a noisy ghost, but then also the flame ignites, et cetera. But now we go back, and this is the whole editing style, which is like, let's show mother-daughter, let's show father, Karis, right? Because now we go back, and now we're getting back for a few minutes into father Karis's line of action, his story, which is his mom's now in the hospital. Um, she's, I don't, did she fall? Anyway, she was, or
1: she's in a psych ward, no? Yeah, well, I didn't, this I didn't get. She had, um, what is it? She had, uh, it's a thing where the blood pool's, in your leg edema she had edema in her leg and mm. from what I understand again I had to turn on subtitles while uh, Father yeah. Karras is talking to his uncle but from what I understand somehow that affected her brain so, and no, no hospital would take an edema case and so they okay. put her there I, I it, the logic is pretty shoddy if you ask me I didn't I didn't quite understand it
0: and he arrives and he's basically telling her look I'm gonna get you out of here right you know and uh, it is—it's it, also a very creepily shot scene in the sense that, like, it feels very one fluo, the cuckoo's nest, psycho.
1: World. Oh yeah, dude! When all those people are coming up to him, coming and up to him, and touching him, touching him. Oh, you just I just want to start swinging.
0: Um, and then once again, we go back to a line of action, and and uh, Chris is at home having a party with I can presume to be the cast and different people, celebrities, etc. She's having a party at her house,
1: and this is where the, the director gets. Piss drunk, just out of his mind, lit, and starts calling the the German guy a Nazi.
0: Yeah, they're in the kitchen and he's just <laughs> going over him, calling him a Nazi pig, and he's just
1: <laughs> Again. What is this? I mean, I, I kinda understand what they're doing here. I, I kinda like later on it kind of dawned on me that we need a motive for for potential murder here. Uh yeah. but I, I really didn't understand. I don't know. It just the whole thing didn't seem like well. It, it seemed we're not unnecessary. Sad
0: when he when that's it. When he when he meets his demise, we're not sad.
1: True. I don't care at all. In fact, I didn't even know who they were talking about.
0: For a second, it took me a minute. I'm with you. I was like, wait, who's? Okay. Oh, the direct. Oh. The direct. I had to look
1: it up. I had to look up the character name.
0: Yeah. Uh. But they're the... so they're at the party. He's getting pissed drunk. He's basically a douchebag and then uh they're all having a grand old time and Regan's upstairs what we presume to be sleeping and then she makes her way downstairs and here's where we get a <laughs> this was uh an interesting scene this was a spooky scene it was creepy
1: hey, honestly this this is one of the scariest scenes in the movie for me
0: she comes down and uh she says something to one of she. It's like a prophetic statement in a way that she says. She that says you're gonna die up there. You're, you're gonna die. She's talking to an astronaut or a pilot or somebody,
1: up, you know. And then pees on the floor. What would you do? What would you do if your kid, if you're having like friends over and you're having a good time and your your kid gets out of bed, comes down, says like tells one of your friends that they're gonna die and then pees on the floor. <laughs> like what are you doing at that point? She's also very, what uh, kind of,
0: she's kind of weary. She's kind of, it almost feels like she's sleepwalking. And her mom is like, oh my. And she grabs her and they go upstairs and she gives her like a bath and like tries to like whatever. She's not feeling well. Right. So there's obviously something wrong. That would be the biggest concern for me. Like not only the embarrassment of like your, do- your kid coming in and peeing on the party floor, but on top of that, just the the concern like okay well that that's it's so in a way out there like right that, uh, there's that's, a lot of concern going on in my mind is what i mean Well,
1: especially i mean because reagan from what we've seen so far is a sweet girl like she's very nice and right. kind and fun loving exactly so it was yeah. it was the fact not only that she pees on the floor but that she says you're gonna die you're gonna die <laughs> oh man and i again i like this could have been a very easy they could have gone the route of Chris getting upset with her, or being super embarrassed, or that she wasn't at all. She doesn't care. She, all she cares about is the well-being of her daughter. And I, 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 again, I love that they do that. The movie doesn't work without it.
0: Yeah, I. It, that that's a that's a great point because uh, a lot of times, and and you'd be so frustrated potentially that you, you bur- burst out in anger or you're, you're right, mad. Right.
1: You know? I, I know. I, I mean, not. In, I've never had this situation, but I know. There are times when I've gotten upset when I probably should have been more empathetic with my kids for sure. Yep.
0: Happens all the time as a parent. So yeah, I do like that. Chris is uh, definitely a lot more patient than I would probably be. (laughs) (laughs) You're peeing on the carpet. Jeez. How are you doing? (laughs) (laughs) But, but, but there is a lot of concern. I mean, obviously you make a statement like that and concern. Now what ends up happening is after she goes back to bed or puts her back down, then we're starting to see, once again, poltergeisty activity where uh, lights in the house are flickering. And she yells. And when she, this is where she comes back in and the bed's just violently shaking.
1: You know. Yeah, and Chris gets on the bed with her and it's still, it's still going.
0: See, and this is where I'm like, I'm out. Yeah. Potentially, maybe. We always, we always talk about these in our breakdowns, which... At what point are you out of that location?
1: Oh, I'm, I'm gone. But I mean, yeah, absolutely. It, it, I'm gone it, when the candle flares up. <laughs> like, I'm not waiting for around for the a, bed to start shaking.
0: For being a horror fanatic, you... Yeah, I don't like it in real life. Of, yeah, your scale of... Uh, what's it called?
1: Well, that, that's uh, the thing is I've studied this stuff so well because I've seen so many horror movies. That I know when to get out, and that's when you get out.
0: So I'm always a late move, uh, not late, late, but I'm later than you in terms of the moves. <laughs> I think we did this breakdown in uh, the uh, psycho in our psycho. Yeah, podcast. I think we did. <laughs> but um, so you're out with the bed starts shaking.
1: Yeah, no, I'm <laughs> out before that. I'm not even in the house anymore.
0: You're you're done with the uh, ignited flame in the attic.
1: We're, yeah, we're we're back in LA. This movie be damned. You're like, like we're not. De- Man, you're like production you're either has like to move going. to LA or we just got to cancel and that's it because I am not or I may be staying in you know finding another place to live but I'm definitely not living in that place anymore. So
0: here this is a good segue into my one of my other questions. Is the de- the demonic uh Pazuzu? Pazuzu? Pazuzu. Uh I'll just call him the demon. Yeah, I'll call, that's cool. Yeah, the demon. So the demon is is released based on the Ouija board or the demon attachment to the location? I have no or is idea. It just through the, the means of the Ouija board. I, is that I, what we're thinking? Yeah,
1: I think the Ouija board. I think the fact that Reagan was playing with the Ouija board. I think that's the first okay. contact so it had with humans, and so that's why it went for, for her. Yeah.
0: So this this is where I got confused because we have a, you know usually when you think of horror when it comes to the supernatural. There's a lot, there's like a, it's like a location is the portal or a house is the portal right. or in this case, the Ouija board or a person or what, you know what I mean? There's usually, I'm confused how, what does the amulet have to do with it?
1: no idea. I, I have is no idea. Is that too idea. early
0: to get into that question?
1: Because th- she
0: doesn't Cause even have an amulet. On,
1: but she, she doesn't even have it. Like it's with Father Mary. doesn't even
0: have the amulet. She just calls the Ouija all right, so we're moving forward with the Ouija board. That's fine. I'm just gonna say uh, right now, bring it the amulet. I think is
1: in. I think the amulet's totally unnecessary. I don't understand. I don't. I don't okay. know what it's doing for maybe the film. It's, maybe it's just
0: a token prop throughout.
1: Yeah, <laughs> I, I guess I. I don't know. Like, there's a, he, there's a lot in this movie where I'm like, it doesn't. It's unnecessary. Why Why is this in here? Right. Like, why is Father right. Maron or Father well, we'll get back to, uh, Karis a boxer? Karis? Why is he a boxer? What what does that have to do with anything? <laughs> like what? He, he's gonna
0: box out the demons. Yeah, I guess. He's he, box those demons. He's <laughs> that's what you gotta those. do, man. <laughs> Alan, did you not did you not hear Father Marin? Are you tired? You gotta have fucking endurance.
1: That's true. But I'll tell and you, you know, what, like, Father Marin had more. Demon. Father Marin had more endurance than Father Karis. Cause he was still, he was like, he knew how, he knew how to pace himself. He knew what he was doing. He's, he's like 90 years old and he's still fighting demons. Yeah. We'll get into that.
0: Yeah. That's going to come at the end. (laughs) Keep that in mind. He is, he does. He, he's got stamina for an old man. He sure does. But uh, not uh, so. So here we go. We're back to uh, the bed shaking, but then after that, we're back. And I actually, once again, I like the editing style because it's clean. So we introduce this character and then we go here and then we're father Karras and then we're mom and daughter and then we're father Karras. And because eventually these two are going to connect. Right. Right. But uh, he's, he's, he's drunk. He's getting drunk. Can priests drink? I didn't, I don't, I'm, that's a, apparently they can drink and smoke
1: because they were smoking and drinking. And so he's, well, he's, he's
0: plowed. He's out.
1: Yeah. He's done.
0: Uh, his so much that his uh, his buddy his his fellow I don't know if it's his fellow priest but his his uh, his friend takes him home. Well, and he's drinking down,
1: and b- because his mother died. But like we just kind of hear it yes, by good, word of mouth.
0: Good, good
1: uh, information. <laughs> and, and yeah, and it was it was super weird the way it was ex- explained because another priest tells Chris, who doesn't even know Father Karras, that Father Karras' mother died but we just barely saw her just get put in the hospital. And yeah, this was a weird. And he even says she was living by herself and no one found her for a couple days. But she was living in right. the hospital. So none so of it the made only any assumption sense. is...
0: Well, the assumption is, it's been, there's a passing of time. Okay. Right. I'm just I get exactly what you're saying. The only assumption is there's a passing of time and she's discharged and left to go. Do you know what I mean? Okay. Like, okay.
1: So she's been we, discharged. We okay. Okay. I, I see. guess,
0: but but I, I, I get exactly what you're saying because it becomes confusing. But just know when you're watching it, let's say let's just pretend the mom got discharged and now she's home and she's dead.
1: Okay. That that makes <laughs> that makes more sense. I was just thinking, like, is this just rumor? Like, what is? I didn't quite understand what was going on, but that I'm glad okay, that but, was explained. But,
0: when he comes to his, his buddy, his fellow priest friend, I forget his name. He comes into play later for no significant reason. But, <laughs> I'm sensing uh, but
1: a I theme. Love, <laughs> I, I do love
0: this. I do love this next scene. I really, really do. Um, I like showing images over words, and I like that there's no music. And uh, Father Karras is sleeping, drunk, sleeping, and he has a dream. And he's dreaming about his mom. I love this scene. It's like his mo- it, I mean I didn't get why the amulet so here's the thing the amulet's introduced this is one of those editorial montages that we mm-hmm. were talking about and he's in a dream sequence so it makes sense that things are disorienting and different and quick cuts and etc but the amulet's dropping So I'm only trying to bring this up because is the amulet more important than we in, in, initially think it is cuz I don't I'm with you I I don't, I'm not trying to bring it all together. I don't understand it. But nonetheless, the amulet's dropping. Then there's a cut to a dog. <laughs> okay. You, like it is weird, but I love it. And then there's a flash cut to his mom, right? And then like clocks and his mom emerging from the subway. Like all this crazy stuff's happening. I liked how it was filmed. I like that he's waving at his mom, trying to get her attention. And there's this distance between the two of them. Mm hmm. And she basically yells his name and then walks back down uh, the subway. And this is also where I think this is what you were alluding to, which now I, I don't remember what it looks like, but I remember what you're talking about. We see a flash of a demon.
1: Yes. Yeah. In the cut. Yeah. Pazuzu's flashed in there. I don't know what the dream means. Um, and maybe it's just because I'm stupid. But to me, it just, it just feels kind of a little pretentious. Like, usually- I don't think so. Usually, you want to have. Well, I mean, do you could put you, on the fucking gloves? Let's go. Well, were you able to interpret it? Because I, 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 I was. I okay. okay what I and, and that's mean. and that's what I'm saying is maybe I'm just stupid because I I don't know what it could possibly mean and I don't really care.
0: I yeah, I got you. I got you. I, I loved the um. Uh, first, I just like how it, how it's inaudible. So,
1: in other words, I like you, that you know, with with no sound. I have really enjoyed no that. Sound. Yeah.
0: And then on top of that the disconnect this is how i interpret it and i don't mean to get over pretentious in the interpretation either but i liked how they did it because it showed an abstract approach to how he was feeling about losing his mom which was basically the distance between them right he's on the other side of this way on the other side of the street trying to get her attention she she emerges from the subway yells his name the demon flashes she goes back down so I just it, – what it, what it means to me in, in theory is the distance between him and his mom. Like he, he it, It's like he couldn't close that. He feels regret or he feels – what's the word I want to use here? He feels upset. I think mean he feels some guilt. Guilt. Thank you. That's what I was searching for. He feels guilty about how his mom died, and now he's, he can't close that gap. It feels distance in the way they left. So I liked that. I, I actually didn't, until you mentioned it, didn't understand or remember, I remember seeing it but not understanding the flash of the demon in those cuts and I think that's just introductory to the demon for whatever reason right. having some weird connection to Father Karras.
1: Yeah, I think, I think it's, it's more supposed to be a subliminal type of thing and, and maybe I don't know, okay, alright, I just thought of this and I haven't, I haven't worked out in my brain so stay with me Okay. Um, this could be, this is a very, very rough draft. Maybe because you got a dog, you got the amulet, you got the dog, you got Subway, and you got the demon in there. Yep. Maybe <laughs> the Subway is hell. Maybe he's worried about his mother going to hell. Yep. The dog is a hellhound bringing her to hell. And a de- yep. And of course there's a demon, which is associated with hell. Maybe. Maybe that's, I don't know.
0: I, I like where you're going with that because now that you, that's what, when I was saying like emerging and then submerged like yeah. up and down. Right. So hell in the subway. Yeah. So yeah, I like, I like it.
1: Okay. I do. All right. Yeah. I'm with you. Oh, I like that. I'm a, a freaking genius.
0: Genius. <laughs> genius. We should call this podcast breaking the exercise. Exactly. <laughs> By Alan Martindale.
1: Damn right. It's what I do.
0: <laughs> then we get a, <laughs> Uh, a cross-cut scene here. Regan's uh, now in the psych ward herself. She's yelling and screaming at people. Um, calling oh, my people. God. And
1: I, I got to say, this movie is comedy at times. It's funny. And I don't think it's intentional, but it's funny at times. Like when she is, uh, when she's with <laughs> she's the doctors. And there's something about kids swearing that is hilarious to me. I love it. It's like my favorite thing in the world when kids swear. Oh, it's like she throws it out, too. And she when she she calls him a fucking bastard. Yes. And she spits in his face. And I to me, that's face. just comedy gold. And I know it's supposed to be disturbing. It's supposed to be like, you know, you're worried about her. But to me, it was just funny.
0: <laughs> it It is funny, actually. <laughs> and it's also, it is disturbing in a sense. Because now this sweet little girl changing into something di- entirely different. Right, right. Um, but it w- w- there's definitely some comic uh, relief to it as well I loved it man I thought it was hilarious um, but now what we're getting is the introduction of the doctors quote uh, or scientists right so we have the scientific approach the science the science nature to it uh, she's they're talking about the convulsion in the bedroom and the spasms and all these things and they can't they're trying to uh, identify the
1: problem, right? And right. they don't, and they have no idea what it is. They have no idea, and, and so they when they when they make the house call to her though, it's <laughs> another funny part. <laughs> they come in the room, and she's flopping up and down on the bed. That is hilarious. I it's don't on. know how that was even scary in 1973 because that's funny. <laughs> when she's like, "Mommy, help me," and she's just like up like like speed sit-ups it's hilarious that was so funny (laughs) (laughs) the uh the doctors tell the
0: mom though it's something in the brain that's all they say and they they try to basically identify it um and so this is i think they say a lesion don't they i think they say it's a lesion in her brain it was a little bit of a weak plot point. I mean, do lesions, I mean that much, I mean, I know they can affect obviously your, your cognitive skills and motor skills and things, but like this, that seemed like a bit of a cop out.
1: Yeah. It, it, (laughs) it, it it seemed like a definite plot point, but I'll tell you what, it was very effective when they get her in the hospital and they're doing those those tests and they're they're, there. I don't know what they were doing, but when they, she's wide awake and they stick her with the needle and then, and then they put the little pin in her neck and the blood oh, squirting dear. out. Like a, as a parent, that is, that's the scariest part to me because I mean, <laughs> I, my daughter hates needles. I took her to get a flu shot the other day. Yeah. And that was traumatic for me to see her have to like worry about, like, obviously the shots not so bad, but it's the, the whole waiting and worrying and, and and getting nervous. Like to me, it's terrifying. I can't imagine being in a, in a, in a medical room, a sterile room like that with doctors all around. And I'm on the other side of glass and seeing that kind of thing happen to my kid would, would wreck me. To me, that's the scariest part.
0: Yeah, because they, well, I mean that parental, uh, when, when you're unable as a parent to do something for your child, uh, when they're going through some kind of traumatic event, it's, probably one of the worst things possible
1: absolutely especially when when something is like this you have no idea what's going on the doctors don't seem to know what's going on they're they're telling you that this might help but they don't know all you can do is trust them that's all you can do and and there's no guaranteed answer and you're putting your child through hell in order to try and fix this thing to this this is a nightmare scenario for me
0: nightmare scenario. And it's filmed really well because there's this kind of authentic nature to it. Cause when they stick her in the neck with that tube or that needle, I mean, to get the IV oh. or whatever they're doing and the blood squirts oh. out and then they shove the tube. Like it, it feels feel, so like real. For, it feels very real. Oh, it feels very real. And then they do a, a, an MRI or a CAT scan, something to uh, monitor her brain. Um, and they start looking at it, and they're just like they can't find anything wrong.
1: Well, and I, let me let me say one thing about the MRI and all that stuff. The use of sound in these scenes, it, when they're they're doing all these medical, I guess experiments, not experiments, pr- procedures on her. I think yeah. the sound is it's so jarring and it's so technical and and machine like, and it's it's just the way the sound was mixed. I thought was great because it really drives home that fear.
0: And this this film wins, a, I believe, a Best Sound uh, Academy Award. Well,
1: well deserved, I think.
0: And so, yeah, I do, I agree. Uh, but then, then we get to the your your favorite scene, which is the hilarious scene where she's flopping up and down. Oh, is that and,
1: okay? Yeah, is that now okay? I thought that was before. So,
0: but but it's basically, you know, that's. I mean, it is hilarious. Let's not. It's so funny. Not, and then what it what it basically feels like is. Uh the and uh, then Ace Ventura pays homage to it when he jumps in the tank in Ace Ventura and he's like it, the well comes up and oh, yeah. he's tossed around. <laughs> it's an homage to yeah. he's, he's just mm-hmm. flopping up and down. It's an homage to the exercise. Yeah, it's hilarious. And, and uh of course Jaws. But right. like it feels like that. That's what this scene it, it, because it's a comedy. Like that's what this part of the scene feels like when she's like, Please mother, and she's just <laughs> flopping up and down.
1: Um, I'm still laughing about it. It's hilarious. And I don't even think it's meant to be at all. No, it's definitely not meant to be. Some cool shots, though. Like, this is
0: where we get a... I liked the scene, though, after we got past that. Um, because that... She starts throwing out some serious...
1: Things. Oh, God. Yeah. It just... Just every offensive thing you could ever think of anyone saying, she, she's spitting out. It's hilarious.
0: And it's it's also disturbing in a way because it's a child. Right.
1: And they've established uh, that she's very childlike. Like she's, yeah. She, she might be 12. I think in the movie she's supposed to be 12. But they kind of treat her like she's younger.
0: I mean, there's like sexual... In your went not even in your windows, Alan. Oh, dude, when They're we just... get to
1: the cross part, oh my god!
0: <laughs> but after she's flopping up and down, uh, this is where we get a real. The reason I'm bringing it up because it's like a real introduction into the demon, where she f- jumps up on the bed and the doctor comes up and she punches him in the face. <laughs> it was hilarious. It awesome. too. I loved yeah. it. Though. It was great. Then it got creepy. Because then she's like, "Keep away! The sow is mine." Yes, and then Holy she starts going, "Fuck me!" and starts <laughs> keep, and I'm like, "What? I got uh, this?" Is where I it, 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 here's the thing. It, what then? It wasn't funny. I could. I was like, "What the?" F-?
1: Yeah, you know, no. It, like, it's. I, I think that's part of the reason why people thought it was so shocking because it's it's just hitting you with some pretty crazy, unheard of stuff at the time, especially for a child. You know, this isn't it's, an adult at playing a child's role. This is an actual child.
0: Yeah, they get her subdued. Finally, they they throw some kind of medicine in her. They get her subdued, and then they start talking. They just they want to keep doing tests. So the the uh, the doctors want to keep doing scientific tests to figure out what's wrong with her. This is what I liked about how he played it. Okay, you had the one side just wanting to do the science, and then the other side, which is more the religious uh, side of it, right? Yep. Um, And I thought he played that really well. But they they end up blaming it on like
1: a split personality type of disorder.
0: Yeah. At, At this point, at this point.
1: Yeah, I think someone throws it out there. And the doctor says that there's only been like 100 cases of that or something, which I think is correct. Yeah. Like it's, and, it's not a thing really. It's, it's very, very few and far between.
0: What I love they did here is like, when you see the physical look of Chris, the mother, like she looks <sighs> distraught. She looks exhausted. She looks, you know, I love that you're seeing the physical portray the inside. It yes.
1: Great. Yeah.
0: Um. But, but they can't explain it. Basically what it comes down to is they can't figure this thing out and they're just going over it every which way. Um, trying to figure out asking Chris questions, basically in some sense, interrogating her about what's going on in their life, et cetera. And then this is where, as you keep going through, uh, we get, uh, an introduction. Uh, we go, sorry, we go back to, um, father Karis. Um, uh, no, we don't go back to father Karis. I'm sorry. We go to, uh, after they can't figure it out. Now we have, uh, your favorite cuz what's his face dies the director
1: yeah uh totally explained off screen which is fine it would have been just would have been fun to see this but i understand you can't show this because then you don't understand like there's a little bit of a mystery right because uh by <laughs> the way the cop when the cop gets evolved i thought he was great too i i really enjoyed him oh yeah the detective's awesome he he's fantastic and uh how he's explaining how his head was turned all the way around so someone had snapped his neck essentially well first off she this is what
0: i didn't understand and maybe you can shine some clarity because chris the mother's gone the assistants left she decided to leave regan under the eye watchful eye of the director guy yeah of, of burke of burke like why was the why was she was she with the doctors
1: I, she, I think she was with the doctors. She must okay. have been, and then yeah. the assistant was went to go get medication or something. She
0: she left, and then yeah, left. and so he gets he what what's appeared to be he's like thrown out the window of Regan's bedroom, but his head's completely flipped around. And they don't show it, but of course they just talk about it,
1: right? And, and I get I, I get it because you need to have that mystery. You don't want to know who killed him because. Remember at the party, Burke was pretty, he was pretty rough on the, uh, the guy who's working at the house who he called a Nazi. Right. So there's some motive because the, the Nazi guy at the party got in his face, you know, and, and he yeah, was pretty they, pissed they off. They had a scuffle. They, they a, did.
0: They had a scuffle.
1: They had a scuffle. And, um, and so the Nazi has, he, he's got some motive to want to kill him.
0: And, uh, yeah. So they're kind of setting it up as, or, or to a degree, slightly like, uh, this possible murder. Right. but and, and that's what leads the introduction of the detective into the story is he's trying to figure out Burke's murder. This is a high-profile director, so obviously uh, your best man's going to be on it.
1: <laughs> so, what, I mean, what did you think of introducing a, a cop and an, an investigation into this?
0: Man, this is where, I mean, I thought, here's the one thing he does well. When you take multiple storylines, and you're able to figure out how to intertwine them. I thought he did that pretty well. There's there's a level of it that becomes unnecessary from the cop perspective. I don't know that you. It, it's that B storyline, even almost C storyline. Really, right, it's not right. even the B storyline. It's the C storyline. Um, I like his acting. I like the character, but it's and it, and it's fine. It it helps flow, but it, it also in it. Look, I also understand this is based off a novel, right? So. In the novel, you can have A, B, C, and D storylines, and, and and it all can kind of work. It's harder to do that in a two-hour formatted movie.
1: Yeah, not only was it a novel, but they they let the the writer of the novel write the screenplay too,
0: which I thought he did a good job.
1: I thought he did too, but you know, sometimes you want to you want someone new tackling the work so they can figure out how to adapt a little bit better. I just thought I love the character of the cop. I thought it was a little convoluted, uh, primarily for when it comes to the ending, because I think it would have been a much messier ending than it actually was uh, because you have police involved.
0: Right. And we'll, we'll get into that because I have a couple thoughts on the ending, but basically this introduction of the detective who starts grilling and uh, uh, basically investigating, not investigating, but getting thoughts from uh, father Karis. I wasn't sure of that, how that, got started i was a little confused there
1: uh, from what i understand is he's trying to because father caris he's he's not only a priest but he's also a psychiatrist, psychiatrist. so he can see patients from I, I assume he can see patients and he can take confession or whatever so i think the cop was trying to see because there was also someone desecrating the churches
0: that's what it was.
1: And so... Because
0: they're talking about witchcraft or homicide.
1: Yes. And so yeah. I, the cop, it, it seems to me like he thinks the two are related. Like the, right. the same person right. did both. And so he's trying to, to kind of press Father Karras, you know, who... You know anyone who could do this? You've been talking yeah. to anybody? You have any patients? You have any uh, parishioners? Anyone who you think might be, be doing this? And Father Karras is, is kind of hiding behind the patient what is a doctor patient confidentiality thing right and there's there's some fun back and forth there and i i thought that was really cool no i agree there
0: is some fun back and forth it's almost like the um the detective in psycho you know
1: yeah 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 it has
0: that kind of vibe where uh milton arbogast arbogast
1: that's right arbogast and
0: uh but but that kind of sly detective vibe where they're not pushy but they can formulate questions in a way that they get the answer they want and uh i like yeah i agree with you there's a little convolution to it you don't potentially need to see storyline but for what it's worth he makes it work
1: oh for sure i I just think i mean this movie desperately needs to be cut a half hour a half hour needs to be cut out of it and i don't know where you love
0: the the um, when he talks about watching movies and critiquing film because (laughs) this is the detective talking to father Karras. Right, And I was thinking, when I was watching that. I'm like, hey, I love this guy. He's talking about how he likes to go to the movies and then he likes to break them down and analyze them after. I know, This one I was like, hey, that's what
1: we're going to do, man.
0: Yeah, I know. And he's like, my wife hates it. You want to go to the movie with me? I got tickets. Um,
1: but what the hell was that? Was he trying to bribe it? What was that?
0: He was trying to bribe him. Is that what it was? It's, I mean, he's bribing that, yeah. him with movie tickets? I guess. I mean, it's, <laughs> I mean it was funny.
1: I mean, <laughs> I a movie, guess. first of all, that Father Karras has already seen. So it's not like a sneak preview. It's not like going to a premiere. It's just like, hey, I got some movie tickets you wanna want go see a movie
0: I think he says Othello or
1: something yeah I don't really... and it's like oh, dude I, if yeah. if you're gonna bribe someone you're gonna reach you want to reach a little higher than movie tickets. Father Karras even says he's like
0: I've seen it six times Or something <laughs> yeah,
1: like that exactly
0: he's <laughs> like it's not much of an incentive here nice try dude uh, so uh, but but it, so there's the introduction, and then and then we go back to the storyline again of, of Regan and Chris and Regan's in the hospital, and she's uh, now she's strapped down, like yeah. she's going nuts, like absolutely insane, and and you're starting to see like physical scarring or in some kind of mutilation. Her face is getting, her lips are dry, she's dehydrated, cuts on her face, you know. Is this so, where
1: uh, she grabs? The psychiatrist by the balls? No, nah, I think I I don't know. It's in that ballpark. Yes. Yeah. Again, that's hilarious, man. Like that's that she That's slapstick comedy, and it's not meant to be. It's funny.
0: She grabs him by the balls and then jumps on him. <laughs> <laughs>
1: like, Come on, it's it's funny because I mean it wouldn't be funny in a in a comedy because. It's so lowbrow and stupid, but because it's supposed to be some like, super well-regarded film with accolades and everything, that's what makes it so funny to me.
0: Yeah, it was, it was pretty funny. She ends up getting back to the house, and in the meantime, the detective is, is on the case. This is what, another question. Okay, here's another question. So he finds something outside their house, that, the window that Burke fell out and died in, what was that thing? Do you know what I'm referring to? There's, I thought little... it was
1: a little figurine.
0: Okay, that's what it looked like, but I couldn't identify. It was like a little clay figure.
1: I didn't guess. didn't Father Marin find something like that in in the dig? It seems I like couldn't... he found a little figurine or something.
0: It was in. De... Was it the demon figurine? Was again? It even movie? if he did.
1: Why? It what? Yeah, what it is? Matter. Why? What are we doing with this thing? I think there's too many
0: things. It's too convoluted, and what he's trying to do is misdirect you, Even right? It, right. I mean, I, to a degree. I mean, at some point, you know, there's no misdirection because Regan's basically jumped up, crazy cursing and swearing. Right. You're gonna, right. You know. Well, uh, at this
1: point, there. I mean, they they go pretty far into the whole. But, is she possessed? Is she not possessed? Like, it's yeah. it's kind of half-assed, but they and take it, they do it for a long time.
0: That's true. And also, at this point, because there's a murder on the scene here, if you're watching this for the first time, I mean, because everyone knows what the movie is, it probably doesn't sell like it did in 1973. Right, right. You know, but maybe back then, it probably sold a little more on a misdirection. Probably. Um, then uh, they find a... Uh, uh, uh so anyway regan's back at the house right she's now out of the uh the psych ward or whatever it is um she's basically heavily sedated they basically have her tied up like strapped down in the bed and this was interesting to me it was like i i wasn't sure how to take any of this i mean you have the religious side of it the mom's got to know this I mean, okay. If this was truly happening, mm-hmm. it's got to be some kind of
1: paranormal uh, deal. Uh, honestly, I don't think I would. I don't think I'd go there yet. I mean, I'm I'm pretty close. I'm at the point where I I'm entertaining any options, but I'm not sure if I'm if I'm sold on that kind of thing quite yet. Even though, although the bed moving around, the candle, that I'm, kind of stuff, that's that's I'm, probably it.
0: See, I'm sold now. And the house is gone. I'm not living in the house anymore.
1: Oh, no, of course not. Of
0: course, no
1: that's way. That's what I mean. And now right. is my
0: point. You jump. You jump ship when the fucking candle flickers. That's, that's true. Okay. Yeah, that's true. Um, I'm jumping ship now. Is my point. I've come back. Scientists can't tell me anything. Things seem crazy. Uh, they have my daughter sedated and strapped down to my bed. Right. I'm going back to L.A. I'm going to Cedar Sinai. The big nice hospital where docs and I'm getting the, the the fuck out of DC.
1: Yeah, man, it, it's it's super. Su- hey, have we has she done the cross thing yet? I think that's like right around now, isn't it? It's right
0: around now. She finds I think or in this ballpark. She finds. These are talking about the finding the cross under the pillow.
1: Yeah, and then yeah. where Reagan starts masturbating violently with the cross. Yes. Yes. <laughs> yes. Christ, man! Like this is. It's a child, you know, like if this was an adult, I'd be like, okay, this is a little over the top, but because it is a child, that's what makes it so shocking.
0: Um, yeah, I, this is, she's like you said,
1: just leave it there. Um, (laughs) there's blood. Let's just say there's blood, a lot of blood. blood.
0: And also Chris comes up. This is where she punches her mom too.
1: Right? Yeah, she does. She does a couple things to her mom. That's for sure.
0: Uh, and and this now there's no there's no question because yeah cuz the door slams she's trapped door in the room shut, the 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 sofa slides in front of it
1: the dresser comes tumbling dresser at her the dresser
0: comes shooting over um <laughs> and she's saying
1: <laughs> it's pretty bad oh, man like it, i mean when like first of all she's being very violent with that cross so there's blood everywhere and then i, I mean she shoves Chris's head down to her crotch. And so Chris has blood all over her face. And then the room goes crazy. Like th- at this point, it's like, yeah, no, we're getting, we're getting rabbis. We're getting priests. We're getting every sort of religious figure I can find to cast out this hell spawn.
0: And a bunch of, uh, derogatory remarks to her mom about oh.
1: sexual acts. Yeah. <laughs> it, it's, it's pretty It's crazy, man. I mean,
0: uh, and then you know it's a demon because now it refers to her daughter. So she's mm-hmm. yelling, uh, Chris is screaming, and Regan, it's not Regan, now it's actually an introduction because he now, instead of like just uh, throwing out lines of dialogue, like she actually says, you know. Do you, like your cunting daughter or right. Something. Right. You know, like, so he's, re- what I mean is they're now referring to the fact that obviously she's possessed.
1: Well, and, <laughs>
0: and the big, the big kicker here is after that, or either before or after well, that's where we get the massive head spin.
1: Yeah. This is the first time we get the head spin where it, the head turns all the way around. Doesn't, I mean, doesn't hold up. That effect doesn't hold up. No. Plus we've doesn't. seen it a million times, but the effect really doesn't hold up to me. Uh, it kind of made more sense, and I liked it better in context here, because to me, it was a reference to what happened to Burke. Yeah. To Burke, the director. Uh, that's yeah. kind of how I took it. And not only that, it's when the head spins around, she goes, do you know what your cunting daughter did? Talking about right. the murder. And this is where Chris realizes, oh, my God, my daughter killed is, him.
0: Uh, she She's
1: a murderer. Yeah, yeah. she's a murderer. So, to, to me, it made a lot more sense. And I mean, because obviously everyone has seen that effect. Everyone has seen the scene, you know, the where the head flips around. But uh, it makes more sense in context. And I like it now. Like, I, I honestly thought I was going to see it and be like, oh my God. But in the context of the murder, I, I really liked it. I thought it was cool.
0: On top of the fact that it's brutal.
1: It's pretty brutal, but it's a brutal scene. It, it oh the whole scene is is brutal. the the head spinning yeah. around is not it's, no no that
0: but I just mean this that's what I'm
1: talking about. The scene as a whole is brutal right. oh dude it, it's a tough watch. That is a tough scene to watch even today it, is. it really is. It's yeah.
0: really a tough scene to 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 stomach.
1: It's I mean we all know what this movie is by now. and so it's it we're I think we're a little desensitized to it. like i I haven't seen this movie for years and years and years. But I, I, I'm i familiar with this scene because it's so famous. But when you actually sit down and watch it, it's like, oh, wow, that's I, I it's not just a bunch of random stuff like this is pretty tough to watch.
0: Yeah. The thing she says using the cross, then the head spinning and you're like, that's brutal. This is, this yeah. is tough. <laughs> <laughs> it is, man, it's tough. <laughs> now we finally get to a point where we're coming off into kind of the. Um, coming out of the the second act and starting to move into the third act but this is where we get an introduction to father K- or not an introduction but a, a meetup between chris and father caris
1: um chris is it feels like she's stalking him yeah um, first off in the, and the, From the of beginning too she's like watching him while she walks down the street and it's weird
0: yeah and uh instead of just approaching him it feels, <laughs> it feels very
1: stocky very weird um,
0: but she starts talking to him they meet up and uh, she starts telling him about things and she's basically trying to allude into the fact of uh, what does it mean for a priest to conduct an exor- exorcism? Like how, what's the process and how do we do it? And he starts going over all the, I guess, protocol, which is basically, and, and by the way, I think the doctors sent them to father Karis or sent her to father yeah, Karis.
1: And I actually like, cause you hear that and you're like, well, that's pretty implausible. The doctors would be, you know, saying consult a priest. But. But I like the way they explained it. They said basically uh, if the person who's exhibiting these symptoms thinks that they're possessed, then having a priest come in and do an exorcism might make them think that the demon is gone. So they're thinking it's probably psychosomatic, but it's not like they're making it up. So if they really believe it, the way to make them believe it's gone is to have a priest come in. I I, I liked how that was done.
0: Yeah, that was great. And then, also, I like that, and also they know that Father Karras is a man of science. To the, I mean, he's a psychiatrist. He's a right. doctor, so th- he's kind of playing both worlds, which is, which is nice. Um, but but after she stalks him and acquires his, uh, his his uh, skill set of exorcism or his knowledge, I should say, he she asks if 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 he'll visit uh, the daughter. I liked when he goes to visit, and then. I can't remember who it is, it's the housekeeper, right? The guy, the, the guy mm-hmm. that's keeping. It. And uh, he comes out as Father Karras is entering and tells Chris and Father Karras that it wants no straps. <laughs> I don't know why that stood out because he, he yells It's out, he, funny. He, it's funny, man. It's funny because he's like, it wants no straps because now they're referring
1: to Regan as it. Right. It like it's just this movie is intention is unintentionally funny.
0: There are pieces that are, that are, that are funny, but they but that's what, this is what I mean. And I think they are funny. That is funny. I laughed out loud yeah, and there's yeah. other moments, but then they can play the other side of the fence pretty quickly. Cause then there's moments to me, they're creepy. So it's like, it, it's, it goes back and forth. Uh, but this is the introduction of father Karras to the demon or to
1: Regan. Right. Um, they have like a conversation basically. I like, I like these scenes. Like I, I enjoy it. I think it's cool. I, I this is the first time where I'm actually engaged in what Father Karras is actually doing.
0: Yeah, yeah. I like the scenes. I actually like the mother scenes because I like that. But this actually is a strong scene because uh, they start conversing in a very formal way. Right. And I like that. I like that. In this case, all the all the the anxiety's already been elevated with. Regan going crazy and yelling all these crazy things and shaking and all this and this scene brings it to another it drops it back down where it's this interaction between good and evil and I like that
1: yeah because it feels like cat and mouse yes it feels like two adversaries who who are enjoying the fight
0: and up to this point it feels like uh, Father cares Kers- I mean uh, that Regan or the demon I should say is getting he's getting the better of it I feel like
1: yeah I, yeah I think so Uh, I I just um, because because he's playing him like he's setting
0: he know then you'll see this later because it's more of a casual formal conversation because he's building it he's building some kind of trust in Father Karras and that comes into play a little bit later. Yeah, which we'll discuss. But uh, pretty simple scene there. Basically, that's what 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 goes on. And then um, I wasn't sure about the drawings. This is the other thing. He's like, I think he's, maybe this is my other question, which is uh, after the introduction, they both, Father Karras and the demon get introduced, and it's it's a cool scene. He's examining Regan's bedroom, and he sees like a drawing, like a kid drawing Mm -hmm. of A lion, and like, I was like, I didn't get what. Did did those mean anything? Was there any significance to these pictures that she was drawing? Uh,
1: Not that I know of. I have no idea. There's so much stuff where I'm just like, I don't get it.
0: Okay. I didn't think (laughs) there was, but I put that on there because I was like, what they, why are we showing? Because a lot of this film, you don't get a whole lot of close ups except for in those conventional montages. Mm -hmm. And most of it's pretty medium to wide. And then all of a sudden, we're showing this shot of, a lion drawing and all her different
1: you know it feels like it should be important Noodles.
0: yeah that's yeah. all maybe i just got maybe i just got overly analytical with no it. I, I
1: agree because it, it is kind of jarring just the way it's shot and then all of a sudden we're in a close-up it it feels like it should be something of of importance and it's never mentioned again
0: okay so here's the other thing now uh he i think he believes i think father cares knows that it's uh, some kind of demonic possession. See, I don't but think he oh, does yet. I do. I'll do. Hold on. And then I'll let <laughs> you go. And then I'll let you go. <laughs> he's
1: on a roll. He's on a roll.
0: <laughs> let me get through it. The only reason I say that I think he does is because if you watch his, I like his performance. And when they're in the basement talking, Chris and Father Karras, Chris is trying to like, what does it take to do an exorcism? And he's going in his I like his eyes. I know this sounds funny, but in the conversation between the two of them, there's a lot of concern and he's looking at her, but he's trying to justify everything, telling himself that this is not, even though I think inside, he thinks it is and because he's talking about the protocols. He's saying, well, I can't ask for it because there hasn't been one for since the 1600s. And then she wasn't speaking other languages. So it doesn't warrant the exorcism. I think what I'm getting at is he's trying to build in his own head, all the things that would warrant it not being that, even though he thinks, or even though inside he knows it is. And then he says, there's no experts. There's nobody that does this anymore In, in in this modern age. There's no one that does it.
1: I don't, I'm not so sure he, he believes it is yet. Because I think he's still trying to figure it out. I'm not saying he, he is convinced it's not, but I'm not I'm not sure he is convinced it is a demon because uh when they're when they're up in the room, Reagan mentions his mother dying. And it almost seems like he doesn't kinda he, it hasn't really hit him yet. I, I think he's really concerned about Reagan. I think he's really concerned about what's going on here. He just got pea soup vomited up all over his stuff you know that's like, right. so. we, get,
0: we get our first projectile yeah.
1: vomit <laughs> exactly uh and and so I, I think he's very concerned it's i don't think it's until he starts walking out the door to leave because wh- that's when he stops himself and he looks back and he asks chris if if reagan knew that his mother had died and i think that's when he's like oh maybe something is going on here well, maybe it's worth it is- another look
0: this is uh but this is that happens before this scene I'm talking about. see, but I did it because
1: the way I remember it it is he left and then he it, it felt like he was done with it and then something I can't remember what it was, but something no, you, convinces him to come back. The
0: only reason I maybe maybe you're right, but i I, I don't know the placement of the scene Maybe we have those scenes flipped, but there's a scene where they're in the basement talking, and he's talking about how that thing up uh, she because h- h- Chris the mother tells father Karis that thing upstairs is not my daughter. Right. Like that is not my daughter. And then she goes off and says, uh, she says something to him, uh, about a motherly instinct. She says, I know in my gut. And then she says, I want you to tell me that there's nothing wrong. And that thing up there for a fact is not my daughter. And that an exorcism wouldn't do any good. Right. And it doesn't answer.
1: That's true. That's
0: true. And, and it, all it does is, I mean, he doesn't, it doesn't like ponder on a shot of him either, but it just cuts to him leaving in thought. Right. So I think at this point is when he's starting to get shifted only because of the the motherly instinct that she kind of throws on him. Now I can't remember if that happens. Now we might have the scenes, rip, you know, swap. Right, right. But that's where my point is. I think that's where father Karis goes. Okay. I think this is bigger than, anything we've seen and this might be a real exorcist or yeah. a real exorcism it,
1: it might be it might be uh i want to ask you before we go any further have you been scared yet in this movie
0: i've been like i said i think we nailed it it was just basically i've been creeped out but you ne- know i haven't been uh with the, with the the ones the one little jump scare but not i haven't been scared okay i've been freaked and not freaked uh creeped out okay disturbed Disturbed. Yeah. Yeah. You know, um, I, th- uh, but I think he knows now because now you get the cutting of like the religious symbolism, his like breaking bread and talking about Jesus Christ and all these things. And then, and the cup and the blood and the water and all this kind of stuff. It's his internal conflict again, coming up. Like, is all this stuff that I thought wasn't real. Is it real? In other words, like I've been, st- I'm a priest, I'm a psychiatrist. I'm going through this sacrament but then on the flip side of that, I didn't think any of this was real, and now I'm experiencing all these potential things with this kid that might be yeah. uh,
1: possessed. And to me, this is when he's like, "All right, I bet this is worth another look. I, I got to go back and, and take another look at this." Right. And right. and then it cut like it's it's. I love the next cut because it just cuts to her sitting in the and, bed, and just the way she says, "It's a beautiful day for an exorcism." Like, <laughs> it's just so creepy man like it just got my hackles going it's like yes this is awesome
0: yeah that was a that was a and then uh and this this time when he's back in the room now he's he's got a recorder and he's gonna try to record the whole event because he needs to convince the the, what are they the the higher priests the uh yeah
1: the the, whatever
0: uh, damn it i don't know
1: (laughs) (laughs) all i know is they call each other your excellency and they kiss each other's hands the diocese. The diocese, yeah. <laughs> uh,
0: But he's trying, basically he's doing it because he needs uh, proof. He needs evidence. And so he's recording it. And he, uh, this is where I think the demon tricks him again.
1: Yeah. I mean, it, it, I, I just, I, I kind of love, I just love this interaction. Is this the one, or maybe this, this is, is the this earlier is the, scene. This is the
0: one where he sits down, he starts recording. The demon says, what's that? He says, holy water. Well, before that, is this the
1: one where, where the drawer opens? It's that's all the same scene.
0: Okay, so so that that portion of the drawer opening is just before the holy water. Okay,
1: the, the only reason I bring that up is because Because it's funny. Well, no, but I, I mean, laughed.
0: See, once again, I laughed my ass off when the drawer when the drawer opened up.
1: Well, I I love it because Father Karis doesn't get rattled. First of all, he just he's just like do it again, you know. Like, <laughs> but if you can make doors clothes and you can make draw dresser dressers bureaus slide across the room and you can open drawers and you can levitate the bed you can't undo your own straps yeah
0: your power there's is some limited. there's
1: some there's some serious flawed logic in the satanic world we're living in
0: you got you uh <laughs> someone needs
1: to explain this to me
0: the straps are wrapped in soaked in holy water ah oh, that's what it okay. is
1: Yeah, that's what it is.
0: (laughs) Well, if he doesn't know uh, if he didn't know when I told you that he did, I think he knows now because he comes back downstairs after the holy water incident, which, by the way, the demon tricks him again because he 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 throws water or he tricks the demon. I keep he throws water on it and it's not holy water. He's still trying to convince himself that she's
1: not possessed. Right. And I think they even do. I think they play that a little bit, too, because it's not holy water. But it's not holy water. Reagan acts like it's holy water, so I think even you know maybe at some point there's something in the back of the viewer's mind if you if you're watching this in 1973 saying well maybe not maybe maybe you know I I, I don't know maybe not because we obviously we have 40 years of hindsight to know that this is absolutely a demon but I don't know if they're still trying to play that that card
0: right and I also think it, it it's funny that seeing the follow up scene to that after he experiences this little interaction. he goes downstairs and chris asks him if he wants a drink and he's like yeah (laughs) yeah (laughs) i sure as hell do you're
1: goddamn right i want a drink
0: (laughs) she then admits to the father to father Karras, that uh and this is where it's interesting too because chris basically says that she killed burke she tells him she pushed him out the window she killed burke so I'm confused because as Chris thinking it's a, you know, like, I'm like, what is.
1: What well, I mean, th- earlier she had asked him hypothetically, you know, what if someone were to tell you that they have committed a crime? Yeah. And he says, I would not turn them in. I would convince himself. I would try and convince them to turn themselves in, but I would not turn them in. Right. And I think that's probably why she feels comfortable sharing this with him.
0: That makes sense. Uh, he's recorded it. He takes it to one of his buddies at Georgetown University. They're playing it back. He thinks it's some kind of other language because he's trying to verify so he can take it to the higher ups to be like, let's do an exorcism. And the linguistic professor or whatever <laughs> it is tells him, no, it's not another language, but it's English in reverse. And then he.
1: Yeah, no kidding. I, c- I could tell right when she was saying it. It's obvious. And come on, uh, Father Karras. Let's get, let's get our on, stuff Father together. Man.
0: Pay attention. And one of the things that when they play it in reverse, the demon screams out is Marin.
1: which I like. That's out. I thought, that, I was thought cool. that was cool. It's almost like like he's calling for him.
0: But now it is what we were saying before. Even though that opening scene's long, I think they could shorten it down. Now there's a little bit of resonance to that opening scene.
1: Sure, and yeah, and I get it. I I understand. I and I think you have to make reference to Marin or or you have to introduce him. I just don't know if you need him in a long archaeological no, it's, it's, dig scene for 10 minutes at the beginning of the film.
0: And then okay, so we get the idea, okay, Marin's reintroduced through the and the demon wants a piece of Marin. He wants to go toe to toe, basically. Uh Father Karis goes back to the house. By now they've got the windows open. They're basically freezing out Regan in the room. Is this because demons run hot?
1: I think I think it's just cold in there. I mean, I didn't I didn't get the sense that they were freezing, freezing her out. I just got the sense that it's getting cold in there because maybe the demons making it. I don't know.
0: I but, thought de- I was the stereotype. But I thought demons were like hellish, hot fire, stone. Maybe stone, I, I've fire. heard that
1: hell's supposed to be freezing cold though too. So I don't know. Okay, who knows? Well, but fuck that analogy to everything. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, this is this is a cool thing. The thing the what's written in her stomach yeah and yeah it says help me yeah it's very cool i thought that was really cool
0: it actually kind of progressively gets not bigger but more prominent you yeah more see.
1: legible for sure yep uh
0: so um and this if now okay now father caris has to know that this is a demon if, if he didn't know the other two times yeah. i said he did he's got to know now because they do you know how I know that he knows at least that at least he has to know by now more than anything, we get a push in, we get a push. in. We
1: get a push in. <laughs> that's so, how I sell it. <laughs> thanks William. Nice work.
0: Um, and then he goes to convince the diocese. That's what I'm calling them. I don't even know if that's the proper terminology, but he goes to convince them that uh, they need an exorcism. They collaborate. They say, okay, let's find our best man. And who's that best man now?
1: Uh it's Father Marin.
0: It's Father Maron. Who of else is? Of course would? it is. And um, I they,
1: I love the expo- the exposition they give. They they kind of tell his story and how he he was performing an exorcism in Africa for like 3 months. The exorcism took 3 months or something along those lines. Yeah. a long time. And um it almost killed him, but he's the best and he knows what he's doing and that kind of stuff.
0: And I love the introduction not the original introduction of Father Marin. He gets some note in the woods and then a push in. Yeah. And then a push-in. <laughs> um, and then another push-in. <laughs> but then I do like the – I love the shot where he actually gets to Regan's house. Taxi pulls up her cab. He gets out that silhouetted shot of him. It's with that iconic push. shot that's the on the poster. Shot. It's so yeah. cool.
1: So, it's a cool shot. That though. is like, like – when you can pull that off, you beautiful. know you've nailed it.
0: That's a beautiful shot. Props to the cinematographer. That's a beautiful shot. Gorgeous. Um, he gets to the house. And basically, just walks in and says and introduces himself because they've already uh, scheduled this exorcism. So now Father Karis has been asked to assist, and Father Marin will lead the exorcism.
1: <laughs> By now, Chris is all in; she's all in. When he walks in, though, when he walks in, and from upstairs, you hear the demon yell, "Marin!" Oh, Aww. title fight, man. Here we go. This is it. This is what I've been waiting. I sat through an hour and a half of sometimes boring, sometimes creepy, but I, I suffered through an hour and a half to get to this point. That is that is so cool when he walks in and the demon's screaming his name. Yeah. You like, love let's that go. Idea. Let's
0: go. Let's do it. You love that idea of there. it's about to go down.
1: It's, it's so cool. It I was amped also love is his rhetoric
0: here the the sugary rhetoric that he throws out there which is like it he starts telling he starts giving ideas about the demon like it's gonna know us it's gonna know our side. he's like giving a coach it's like a coach's pregame basically it's
1: gonna lie to uh, us it's gonna lie to us a lot but it's also gonna sprinkle in some truth
0: and he says don't listen don't don't, get, don't
1: don't talk to it too. I think don't he talk said to that too. It,
0: and he says, "Do not listen." In other words, no matter what it says, just keep going with what we're doing. Uh, they get up into the room. Uh, Father Karras, he, he seems
1: he's he's a little out of his league here. Let's be honest. Totally. But but Father Marion, he knows his shit. Oh, dude! I mean, he they say he's done one of these. He's done like ten thousand. He's not he's not he's not thrown off his game by anything that happens
0: when the demon yells out, you motherfucking worthless cocksucker!"
1: (laughs) Spits pea soup, projectile vomits all over his face. He doesn't stop.
0: He doesn't even move. He just gently wipes it off.
1: Like been there, done that. (laughs) It's kind of it's, it's like the brush your shoulder off thing. You know, that's what it was.
0: Matter of fact, he does this very slowly
1: pulls his glasses, glasses off, off wipes wipes slow, wipes his eyes back on <laughs> slow <laughs> no big deal man this is I'm, i mean this is like one step away from just brushing your shoulders off
0: father father Marion's a badass let's not forget so uh then he starts doing all the scriptural verses that uh, allegedly exercise the demon right yeah um and they keep going into it. Father Karras is absolutely once again out of his league. They're going over it. I love the, um, the scene here where <laughs> so stupid. I'm sorry, Father. First off, uh, none of none of
1: it works. Okay. <laughs> so um, it doesn't. It really doesn't. It does not hold up it
0: doesn't quite like i didn't get what was happening with the vomit so like they're going off and he's saying be gone evil one or whatever he's saying <laughs> yeah,
1: yeah that sounds about right
0: um and then they lay like a sash out on the bed did you see this mm-hmm. that purple sash right and the demon vomits green <laughs> why why but i'm I'm being serious though. Like why, what was the purple? Did it have significance? It, it, to I don't know.
1: It must have some religious significance or importance. I don't, I don't know. Because it did seem like when it got the vomit on it, Father Karras seemed like it was kind of an important thing to get that vomit off and yeah, bring it they, back.
0: He, he, he picked it up and gave it to Father Karen and then put a new sash down. And then they got re Right. Like, what? And, why I- and here's
1: the thing like about the vomit. It, it's cool Once. You know, like, it, it doesn't work when you use it over and over again. It's not mm-hmm. as shocking or gross.
0: No, but what does work is the complete uh, vile verbiage that comes out of Regan's mouth. Shove it up your ass, you <laughs> motherfucker.
1: I laughed. I laughed when uh, when they walk in the room and she goes, fuck him. Fuck him, Karis. Fuck him. Yeah, like, It's just like, what? now you're just saying the f-word for for no reason at all yeah um but
0: we do get a sense of the power here because now as they're going through it it, kind of coming to the end of this first part of the exorcism the room's shaking the doors are breaking now it's getting supernatural beyond anything we've seen in terms of power
1: yeah again you can cause earthquakes in the room but you can't undo your straps huh no
0: you're you're still on you're still strapped down okay yeah those Total. are forged in holy water straps.
1: <laughs> it's a demon trap. Have you ever seen Supernatural? I love Supernatural. Oh, it's great, man! A demon trap. That's what it is.
0: It's that that show's hilarious. It's oh, funny. it's it's
1: awesome, man! It's ending I, too. I've only seen it through season eight. I'm a, I'm in on season nine right oh, now. It's it's yeah. It's my guilty pleasure.
0: No, nah, it's 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 like a procedural
1: with with ghosts and stuff. It's fun. It's nothing to be guilty about. It's great, man. It's great. Man. It's great. <laughs> I love it.
0: My wife introduced me to it and I was like at first I was like, I don't think this is me. And then I started watching it, and it was like, Oh shit, I'm like four seasons. Yeah, now.
1: right? Yeah, it's good. Like, it's great.
0: Um, but she's floating too now. Uh while the power of Christ compels her, she's floating.
1: Yeah, they, <laughs> man, that went on and on and on. The the power of Christ compels scene. you.
0: It was a cool shot. I like the shot of her floating with with the close up as it as it moves up. Uh, the camera, and then the background kind of slowly gets fr- yeah. just sl- slightly further and further away. I just thought that was a cool shot. It reminds me of the shot of, which you won't know because you hate Breaking Bad, but there's... <laughs> a
1: vile rumor going around that I hate Breaking Bad. There's a scene of Jesse Pinkman
0: when he gets high on meth. Yeah. It's, that, it's this yeah. shot. Yeah. It's this shot.
1: Um, and by the and what, way, I do want to say the makeup that they did on Linda Blair... Is great, it's fantastic. I mean, I it's like iconic, it. we've all seen it a million times, but it still holds up, it's still really good.
0: Now, here's uh, room shaking, things going crazy. We're nearing the end. I mean, we have about 10 minutes left ish. They fall to the ground, Father Karen, Father Marin, or Father uh, Karis, Father Marin fall to the ground, and Regan's on the bed going crazy. A light comes from the wall, and you see an image of Pazuzu. Mm-hmm. This, this, the demon statue. You nailed it. Good
1: job. Why? Uh, if you if you look at that that image, yeah, Pazuzu looks like he's in pain. So I think it. I think that it's probably to show that the exorcism is working. Would be my guess. Okay, that's. But I don't know. I'm just speculating.
0: Uh, or the image of Regan is in pain. She's ex- excruciatingly because you see the actual statue, right?
1: Oh yeah, you do.
0: You see the actual statue. So I was like, what? Like why? I mean, I didn't. I didn't like it.
1: <laughs> I I did. It's you know whatever. I don't. I don't like. Because
0: well, I don't. It falls back into the same category as the amulet,
1: and maybe I'm just dumb, but I'm confused on why they're there. Um. It's just another thing there. Like I said, there are too many things, too many things. Like let's get one thing that's important and let's focus on that. We don't need a Ouija board and an amulet and a statue and a figurine. and All this stuff. Let's just focus on one.
0: That's where part of the confusion came in. They, uh, they get her subdued to a degree and then they go out of the room and they're prepping for round two basically. (laughs) Right. And then father Marin goes into the, to the bathroom uh ever so politely by the way he's like yeah. the most polite
1: <laughs> he really is <laughs>
0: um goes into the bathroom and takes some drugs
1: <laughs> i want to know what he's what he's got in there it's gotta be heart medicine or or it's something or, man it's giving or so- him or God, uh, i don't know maybe it's his oxy molly? yeah it's molly <laughs> I don't
0: know. <laughs> he's gotta do something to to deal with this and then they go back in or no sorry uh, uh father karen while he's in uh Father Karras, I keep saying Karen because Karen and Marin, but Father Karras goes back in, the young one, goes back in. This was cool. I like, once again, I, maybe you didn't like it, but he sees his mom on the bed. Oh, right? no, I thought that was cool. I thought it was a cool shot because it's this long shot of him looking, and you think you're going to cut to Regan and the demon, but it actually cuts to his mother. And he's basically the idea. It's very Shining-esque. It's like the idea that you're seeing something that's not there. Mm-hmm. You know? Well,
1: was he or was he just seeing, and I, and I, I, I honestly don't know, was he just seeing uh, his failure to help his mother in Reagan? And that's why he's got to keep fighting for Reagan because yeah, he but didn't it's, fight it's, for his mom.
0: Like, uh, yeah, I mean, I think that's probably what it is, but it seems like it's the physical. Well, and, that, and that's what I was asking. Was it,
1: was it just like the metaphorical? Mother, or was the demon showing him his mother sitting there?
0: I thought that's what it was. Okay, is that the demon can manipulate and perceive the perceptions of what you're damn, actually is seeing
1: versus what's there. Powerful demon.
0: Hey, yeah, but he can't get out of those straps. <laughs> he can't get out of
1: those damn straps.
0: <laughs> and then it starts talking to Father Karras and talking to him in his in his mother's voice. um And then Father Marin, the seasoned vet, the pro. Comes in uh, and he's having this internal conflict breakdown. Basically, Father Karras is seeing his mom, he's hearing his mom, and Father Marin's like, Get out of here. Go take
1: a break. You're not even helping at this point. I told you not to listen to this thing.
0: What was the first fucking
1: piece of advice (laughs) I gave you? (laughs) You little bitch. Get out. (laughs) And do you, okay, do you think that Father. Marin at this point knows that this is the end of the road for him
0: it seems very methodical in the way that it's shot because we've already seen him lay down across on the on the stand seen him take out the holy water and we see it again but it seems very ritualistic and proceduralistic in the sense that this is my final stay yeah
1: it kind of feels like this is like this is the last stand i've been fighting yeah. this demon for a while and we're we're this is it
0: exactly that's how i i agree with you i think that's how it's kind of perceived and then he lays it down because he, he does everything so gently he like takes the blanket and puts it over regan starts doing the holy cross uh, like it's all very slow and methodical right yep kneels down next to the bed pulls out the bible etc but basically what ends up happening is uh we see uh, a cut out to uh uh, Father Karras and then he comes in and when he comes back in Father Marin's lying on the, the bed dead and we don't know what um, happened we don't know what happened uh, Chris comes out by the way makes an appearance right she comes out she's like is it over and then Father Karras is like not yet and then he goes up to the bedroom and, and Marin's dead well and the, um, thing,
1: the thing that gets him off his ass back in the bedroom is she said is she gonna die and oh, that yeah. that's when yeah. he, he, I think that's when he found the strength to get back up there and take care of it. And then after he leaves, we get a knock at the door. And, and I just, I just love the shot of her opening the door and it's the cop. I just, I just love that. He's right there. Like in the midst of all this insanity, of course yeah. the cop shows up.
0: And right before, well, right before that we get, uh, um, or not before that, but right after that we get, The the showdown because when he walks into the bedroom, um, Father Marin's dead. I love that Regan's just casually sitting on the bed,
1: (laughs) yeah, yeah. (laughs) What it's like, and she's laughing. Oh, she's happy, man. Like, Pazuzu's happy, his his old nemesis is gone. So she she got out of the straps, or
0: he did (laughs) finally. Finally, Finally. it only took forever. (laughs) By the way. What did you think <laughs> about Father Karras's, uh CPR procedures? <laughs>
1: <laughs> He's just—I mean, it's full-blown. All he does is just pound on his chest with two with two his two hands fisted up into one.
0: Once again, and I hate this is a Jim Carrey homage in Dumb and Dumber. Totally.
1: Oh, absolutely.
0: It's like when he's slamming on what's his face, his chest after they gave him the hot
1: peppers. Like, this is a lot easier if you just lay back. Lot, that's exactly what this looks like. I
0: know. He's just pounding on his chest. So, the movie has because uh, after that, then it gets kind of interesting again because the demon's still on the bed. And this is where Father Karras le- loses his shit. And oh, he's like, You son of a bitch.
1: This is, my, th- this is the funniest part to me in the whole thing when he punches her. He punches, he punches a twelve-year-old girl.
0: I mean, a demonic twelve-year-old <laughs> But girl. she's still a twelve-year-old girl. Let's not forget, uh, Alan. I, she's possessed by a devil's advocate. <laughs>
1: he's still he's still punching a twelve-year-old girl, <laughs> and he's yelling
0: out, "Take me, take me!" Um, and then the it pulls the amulet off. No, he I... has the he has a coin amulet thing. <sighs> this so is funny. where I got confused but another thing we'll we'll get into this because i but she pulls something off his neck and i haven't figured out what yet because i haven't watched it enough
1: (laughs) who cares it doesn't honestly it's probably something that doesn't matter it may not matter it doesn't matter
0: uh he's yelling take me take me and so pazuzu takes his body and then he's having it here's here's where it comes though i mean it does make sense wait for it internal conflict Pazuzu's possessed him now. And in order to save the girl and to save kind of the story of what it is, he's got to set. Now that the demons in him, he's got to sacrifice himself out the window. So he does a TCM jump out the window.
1: Yes. Only this is more realistic in that he's not just going to get up and run away. Cause then, because right below the window, we should mention right below the window, there's a giant flight of cement stairs. Yeah. And so you fling yourself out the window. Then you're falling down this in, enormous set of stairs.
0: And he ends up bloodied and battered at the, the bottom of the stairs. And then his fellow priest friend comes up and gives him his last rites, basically reads some last prayer. And then he dies.
1: So and then, does the last rites, is that what kills the demon? What kills the know. demon? I the don't demon's don't not going to die. The demon doesn't have a
0: physical form. But it has to repossess something else, no?
1: Yeah, but there's like a a, a giant group of people standing around watching the scene. But do
0: demons float, or do they have to be? In, I don't know. There's a lot of mysterious. I don't know enough <sighs> about the backstory of demons. I really don't. I don't know what the lore is.
1: Right? I don't either. I I, I don't know near enough. What are apparently. the rules
0: to the What are the rules to the lore of the demon?
1: And I don't know. Just, Maybe some listeners can can inform us because i am clueless at this point
0: yeah i didn't know um but he dies and then of course but regan's free that's that we know for sure of the demon and then there's this nice reconciliation between mother and daughter which is a nice piece to the story it is
1: and a, a fantastic acting job by linda blair i mean she's 14 and she is uh you, you really can't have kids cry on camera because they, just t- they don't do it very convincingly. No. But Linda Blair absolutely knocks it out of the park in this moment.
0: Although there was the first short film I ever made, Alan. And here's an interesting tie. Are you ready for this? I'm, I'm ready. Okay, here we go. You were talking about kids crying. Okay, so I do my first
1: short film. Oh, you can it, make kids cry. Oh, but good. <laughs> and on cue... So what did you do to this poor kid to make him...
0: Nothing. <laughs> is this, this like quote-unquote nothing? No, this kid was like some uh, unbelievable 10-year-old actor. Anyway, she cries, sheds a tear. It's good, too. It's not. It doesn't feel fake. It feels very real.
1: Wait, wait. I want to go back. Where, where is this kid now? He better be in Hollywood. I hope so. It's a girl,
0: right? And then... Uh, but the tie-in is this. Okay, that's my first short film. Okay. I submit it to a national contest uh, called Film Your Issue. It was a social film, right? It, it, the idea was to add it some kind of social uh, context to it. But I submitted 500 entries. They were picking five winners. I get picked. <laughs> and partly due to the fact that I think this kid shed a tear. So thanks for... I don't even remember her name. That's how sad it is. <laughs> <laughs> but thanks for shedding its tear. Now, here's the tie-in to The Exorcist. You're not going to believe this. Okay. So part of the reward for the film was three things. One was a flight to New York City to the United Nations headquarters to talk about your social subject. Mine happened to be child abuse based on how I made the film. And there were... Uh, We were going to speak with a couple actors and actresses and celebrities, and we were just going to basically try to bring attention to child abuse. In this case, actually, child sexual abuse, ironically enough, for The Exorcist, right? Yeah, yeah. So me, and guess who else speaks? Judy Woodruff, who's like PBS NewsHour. Mm -hmm. Uh, And then guess who the final speaker is? Linda Blair. Uh, No, but you're on the right track. Uh, From this movie?
1: From this movie, uh, Ellen Burstyn. Yep, she's oh. the final. She's no the final way. speaker.
0: So, I have me, right? Whatever, <laughs> Judy Woodruff and Ellen Burstyn talking about like trying to bring advocacy to child sexual abuse. So there's my tie into The Exorcist. I've met, and I quote unquote no, I say no, but I met her. We talked, Ellen Burstyn, and she saw my short film.
1: So uh, okay, my my. Like follow up question. The kid crying, was that outstanding casting or outstanding direction? Uh, I didn't I ga- I didn't do anything. <laughs> <laughs> so it's casting. It was casting.
0: I cast it though. So Yeah, you I, cast you it. I, so you can I, take I, credit can for me. that. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I did. And that we did. I remember I held auditions and we had about twenty kids show up. Yeah. So yeah. Out of twenty, I picked the right one
1: i mean it's your first
0: yeah when it comes to direction i did absolutely nothing her mom actually told me she can cry on cue it's like you got the job you got it hired how much are you paying zero dollars but i will build a career off it so thank you
1: i'm gonna milk this all the way to the un
0: i'm gonna milk this all the way to the united nations headquarters thank you don't even remember the kid's name i don't it's on my imdb that's great people can check it out uh but there's my tie into ellen burston anyway mother daughter reunite it's nice it is a nice little scene and uh linda blair's acting by the way just overall throughout the film i thought was really fantastic yeah um she's just fan she's just great especially being so young now as we the film is basically over i mean to this point i think you can end it
1: oh i think so too Problem is, we got the cops showing up. And I know, but... There's another I, death I, at this house in the exact same manner as before. This is the right. part where I'm like, it's too convoluted. Too it, it, this, this would not... And then, then it just cuts to them driving away scot-free. Now, at this point, uh, Chris is under investigation. The priest, like, their conduct's under investigation. Every servant, as they call him at the house, anyone who works at the house is under investigation. This is not yeah. going away
0: but she leaves
1: <laughs> yeah
0: <laughs> so i don't know i mean i don't know how heavy of an investigation she's under because well i don't she think she is and, then, and that's, that's the LA. point
1: is i think it's by having the cop in there for a person like me like that's not saying much it's a huge loose end like to me i'm just saying there's no way that cop is like okay here's a demon all right well go back to la thanks
0: for coming what what I was interested in is the intro, not the introduction, but the reintroduction of the other priest who mm-hmm. was Father Karras's friend, the one that read him the last rites and also was introduced when he got drunk and laid him, you know. But like he wasn't really in the movie and then all of a sudden he's like this pivotal moment at the end <laughs> where Chris is telling like Regan doesn't remember anything and then Regan comes out and is like bruised and battered, like physical problems on her face and then is super cute and nice and and says hi to the father. And then really zones in on his clerical collar, you know, and that's some kind of like, I don't know, like some kind of like little connection or tie in. Um, And then what, what I didn't get was that he gives her or she gives him the amulet. Yeah. The thing that was pulled off while they were in their scuffle.
1: Uh, It doesn't make any sense to me. I I don't, again, broken record. I don't know why the amulet's in this thing.
0: Anybody out there, the necklace amulet thing that he pulls off at the end, explain to us what that is. Please, Um, please. Because the movie could have ended with Father Karras' death and the reunited nature of the father, or the father, fuck. Too many fathers and priests. <laughs>
1: yeah.
0: <laughs> the, 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 um, the joining again of mother-daughter.
1: Yeah, I, I, that's it. That's all you need. But be, that's all you need. By the way, not to mention two deaths, child abuse. I mean, if you're the cop and you walk into this scene, this oh, kid's yeah. been, been shackled up to the bed for God knows how long. She's got scars and cuts and all this shit all over her. I mean, immediately, CPS is on the phone, and the child is not living with the mother anymore. And this is the biggest tabloid scandal ever because she's a famous celebrity.
0: Yeah, it, it, it's all over the news. There's, she's not going anywhere without getting some kind of repercussions.
1: No, no, absolutely not.
0: If nothing else,
1: her career is over. Ab- <laughs> absolutely. I mean, it's a tragedy because it was a demon, but no way in hell is any copper, anyone else going to believe that. No. And the only two other witnesses are dead. There have been three people who have died at this point and one child who's been traumatized.
0: And now uh Father Caris's best friend, Father, I don't remember his name, <laughs> leaves Father in the last shot basically is him looking down the stairs and then a low angle shot of his face looking up at the window that he fell out of and then he walks away. Um and that's the film. That is the Exorcist, the 1973 Exorcist. American
1: supernatural horror film.
0: Okay, Alan, your favorite part? Because we went so long, we kind of went long on this one, didn't yeah, we? Yeah, we did.
1: I, but I mean, this is an iconic film. I think it's an it iconic kinda, film. We think went it three hours
0: it. on The Shining. We're only two hours and fifteen minutes. We're good.
1: Yeah, that's brief.
0: So I have a few Google reviews for
1: you. <laughs> oh God, yeah, it's my favorite thing. Um, did, you,
0: did you read any of these by chance? No, I haven't. Okay. I, I like
1: I like having a fresh reaction to them. Uh, Before we get into that, though, I do have a question, a couple questions for you. So going into this movie, uh, I I guess it doesn't matter, just in general, do you believe in ghosts?
0: Loaded question. Uh, Yes and no. It's weird because not really in in my uh, existential viewpoint of life. But... (laughs) (laughs) Um, because we heard things and I've, you sometimes you've, you know, there are feelings like you get a feeling yeah. or like a weird, whatever. Uh, we heard something in those headphones. That was the
1: We absolutely did. I don't know what uh, it was. So, I'm not saying it's a ghost, but it was something
0: I know, but it could have been, I don't know and, what else uh, it could have been,
1: but it was something.
0: So the answer to it is, you know, it's kind of, I, if I had, to, if you put a gun to my head, right. And we're like, yes or no, I'd say yes.
1: Okay. What about like demon possession? can can a person okay so so then you're probably not primed to be scared by something like this
0: um i was like no probably not in 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 real life no like i'm not scared about possession would i believe in ghosts yes it's a higher likelihood uh but demon possession no because
1: no okay so yeah i don't either i don't i don't believe in ghosts i don't i don't believe in I mean that's why I think I enjoy Possession movies so much Because I, I mean I, I do got a couple uh, There's one It's not really demon possession But it's called The Taking of Deborah Logan Anyone who likes If you like horror movies You should watch that movie That is a trip That It's a I found footage I'm a sucker for found footage I know a lot of people hate found footage movies But it's fantastic It's not demon possession But it's it's definitely you gotta watch it It's so good I cannot if you like horror movies and you're 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 scrambling at the end of October to find something to watch before Halloween. Watch that movie.
0: That's a great suggestion. I haven't seen it. So go check it out. Yeah. Everybody the taking of Deborah the Logan.
1: It's great. It's great. That's it, awesome. If you have Shudder, it's free on Shudder. So I, anyway, okay. I'm a sucker for, for this stuff. I don't I think I can enjoy it because I don't believe in it. If I believed in it, I think it'd be harder for me to watch.
0: Before we get into, or did you have another question, or is that? Uh,
1: I mean, that's kind of it. I, I know this is kind of the end of uh, of horror month, so real quick, and then we'll we'll kind of sum it up and do it, do the the closing out stuff. What I mean, I, I've never asked you this. What kind of movies scare you in general?
0: Man, um, man, I've never even. I don't even know that I've given it a lot of thought in terms of what scares me. It's just when you watch it, you get freaked out. I think what scares me more than anything is just the play on your own psychology. And so what I mean by that is uh, your mind, like the traditional phrase goes, plays tricks on you. So like if I wake up and I hear a noise in the house or I look down the basement stairs, is that a shadow? Is that a thing? I got to turn the light on. It's the more internal... Psychosis. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, I know
1: exactly. Your your mind is it'll it'll mess with you. Freaks
0: me out, and I start build. And as a filmmaker, like, and as I'm, I like telling stories. So like, my mind's reeling with, oh, what is that? Oh, that's that. It's this. Oh, yeah, like it starts building a whole narrative. Yeah, totally. And then I freak myself out. So that's what scares me more than anything. And I got to remind myself, and you know, take it back down.
1: it's not real it's okay everything's fine it's not,
0: exactly, exactly. <laughs> it's fine. so the the internal uh psychology the psychology of everything
1: okay that makes yeah. sense what scares you uh well in, in real life snakes that's my biggest fear but that's not really what we're kind of going for uh um,
0: well, that, that that's a good round bookend to our indiana jones analogy earlier
1: yeah i'm, I'm indiana jones what can i say snakes scare me i hate snakes Dude, they're unnatural. They're un you shouldn't have anything living on the land that doesn't have any legs. It's I unnatural. Cool.
0: I wouldn't want to run into one. Don't get they're me wrong. They're cool,
1: but I mean I've they're seen cool. them like hiking and stuff. I don't it's no. Uh-uh. No way. Those
0: are free. That's freaky.
1: That's scary, I, man. I, I saw a, like a
0: rattlesnake up the canyon and I was Piss in my
1: pants i haven't seen a rattlesnake knock on wood yet but i've seen i've seen like just regular harmless snakes and even just the way they move like it's not natural it's not no dude no uh-uh no yeah it's spooky for sure we need to just rid the world of all snakes
0: it's uh i got a piece of news for you, you mentioned shutter before we get into these last two reviews i just got a couple reviews william friedkin here's a piece of news for everybody check this out it's very uh timely William Friedkin deconstructs The Exorcist Ooh. like never before in the documentary titled Leap of Faith William Friedkin on The Exorcist. Okay, so is that on Shutter? Acquired by Shutter and will be released in November on November 19th of this year.
1: I wonder if that means they're going to get rights to The Exorcist too. Cuz I know cuz is so, owned by AMC, so they got some yeah. some money behind them.
0: And it's on AMC right now, uh, The Exorcist. You can you can check that out uh, in a few weeks. So that's cool. Now there is a little bit of pretentiousness to that title. <laughs> <laughs> let's mm. let's reiterate the title real quickly. Leap of faith. Okay, that's and then The Exorcist. Okay, no nope. leap of leap. He says no nope. leap of faith. William Friedkin on The Exorcist. Oh God. You know he said that. He's like no yeah he exactly throws his name in but anyway that'll be interesting i'd like to see i'd like to actually uh, as much as we're joking around like i'd like to hear what he has to say about it
1: yeah me uh, too i mean he's given lots of interviews and stuff i i'm sure that there's some other tidbits in there
0: i have two or three reviews for you okay yes yes so we've gone long so i don't want to go too much longer but here's one not only the greatest horror movie of all time but one of the greatest movies of all time
1: I knew something like that was coming. Okay, where are we at on that? Uh, no, I I don't agree. I mean, it's good. I'm not saying it's not good, but it's no. I could no. Uh, uh-uh. uh. Okay, that's a negative. <laughs> that's a very emphatic negative.
0: The ex The Exorcist was a great movie, and I must say, in the 1970s era, it was so ahead of its time.
1: I'd agree with that.
0: Okay. And I have two more because ironically enough, out of all the reviews, it's
1: hard to find a negative one. Yeah, I, I'm not surprised. But
0: um, I did find one. I'm going to leave it to the end because it's so okay. poorly written. it's so poorly written. They the always are. Those are the best ones. Um, with time, the initial shock and horror of the Exorcist's images has subsided for me. And I appreciate the real underlying story. He says, the film is about faith. Okay.
1: <laughs> well, yeah. the
0: first part of that.
1: No, I, I agree with the first part, especially because these images have become so iconic over the years too.
0: Okay. I have two more and they're both one star.
1: Okay. We one go. star for The
0: Exorcist. Hey guys. Smiley sunglass emoji. (laughs) It's already starting out a (laughs) winner. This review is for teenagers like me. Exorcist might have been scary a few decades ago, but I don't know why they say it is as they say it as the most scary movie ever made. It's just some extremely boring. Two uh, frowny face emojis. (laughs) With weird and gross stuff, like corny throw-ups and that kind of things. It is nowhere scary. I strongly recommend never to watch it as when I went per the other reviews, but ended up wasting my time and being bored to core. Not (laughs) to core. He's he's bored to core. Not to core. Okay, so there's that one.
1: Oh my god, yeah. I would actually be interested to talk to this person and ask what movies they do recommend for scaring you.
0: Hey, he's a te- he's a young kid, so he's probably born after 2000 because it says teenager. So he,
1: he he doesn't know anything other than Bloomhouse, then. Yeah, that's it.
0: he grew up he grew up on Bloomhouse. Yeah. All right, well, that's cool. And, and a lot of hey, some of them some are good. Of, uh, I agree. Okay, last one. Ready. And this one's gonna be hard to read. You thought the last one was hard. I don't you envy the last you. One was hard. Here we go. <laughs> the time has changed, and the audience changed also. I saw this movie at 10 p.m. and I didn't scared. <laughs> Why this movie is so overrated? I mean, there is nothing horror or scary scary spelled with two R's moment in the film it's not mean that this is bad well good screenplay good performance well direction comma good cinematography but the point is it's not scary two R's or horror movie
1: this is I I think Charlie from It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia wrote that because that, that sounds exactly like something he would write. Um, I,
0: I just laughed it because I tried not laughing when I was reading it. Oh,
1: my
0: God. Oh I, I, it could be mean. Maybe I'm just a jerk. But uh, those are some of the reviews for the film. Hey, man, Alan, give it, I hate yeah.
1: it when I don't scared. I hate it. It's the worst thing in the world. Or scared to core. Or. <laughs> I have to be scared to core. <clears throat> uh this movie give me me a summary and a rating this movie is good it's too long uh some not everything holds up but it's good man it's it's really good uh like i said i remember seeing it and being bored i uh i I was still bored at times but not not like i was expecting to be and it didn't last very long uh but it does it needs a a good half hour trimmed off of it and i think we've kind of gone over where we think they can trim the fat Oh, but yeah, it's it's a good solid movie. If you're looking for a Halloween movie, I think it's a good choice. You could do much worse as we've seen this horror month. Um Scary? Is it the scariest movie of all time? No. It's not I'm real s- scary. Scared to core? I've <laughs> new your new catchphrase man scared decor
0: we gotta we gotta (laughs) hot take that put a shirt together that's
1: great man that is a that's a great one um uh it, it it's it's not scared decor it it's there are some freaky parts but it's not i wouldn't say it's really scary it's the 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 disturbing parts are fun to watch because it's kind of fun to see where they go especially the time that this was made. So overall, I like it. I recommend it. Um, There are definitely more scared decor movies out there that you could, that you could go with, but I'm going to give it 7.4 upside down crucifixes. Ooh, good one. 7.4. That's pretty good. It's pretty good. Yeah. I talked myself up while we were, while we were talking about it.
0: Yeah. I mean, there's a lot of things uh, and, and that's what this podcast is, is we're trying to break it down and really discover what the movie is and also within the right context, decide whether or not how to rate it. Like this is made 45 years ago, like we discussed. Uh, Rotten Tomatoes comes in at uh, 83% on the critics and 87% on the audience. So pretty good rating on each side. I'm surprised
1: it, the critics is that low, actually.
0: Yeah, it's rare, but it's rare to see critics and audiences being similar.
1: Yeah, that's true.
0: Usually it's like a teeter totter. That's true. You know? uh, IMDb's coming in at a 8.0. That's really high for I. I don't know if
1: I've ever seen a movie that high on IMDb.
0: I think it's hard to find. Yeah. That. Uh, but that's really hard at IMDb. So I think you had a good summation. Um, I would just add to that one. You know, aside from the the beginning where I don't get any Den Denholm elliott you're like, who the fuck's Dan Elliott? Well, he's Marcus Brody in Indiana Jones. <laughs> um, it just feels like there's not uh, some good moments and bad moments. I do like the characters. We talked about how the relationship in Mother and Daughter was really strong. Like some of the fun stuff. I mean, some of the horror stuff. I like the balance in a way. It's kind of funny to laugh. Simultaneously in the same scene, be absolutely disgusted.
1: It's just, you, you go straight from laughing to, oh my God. I mean,
0: there's some contrast there.
1: <laughs> things the girl says and, and things of that nature that
0: really threw me back. But I think uh, that it's a, it's a, it's a good movie to watch. I think, you know, my rewatchability factor on the time scale, like I could do this film probably once every two and a half years. Right. So not a bad scale. You got to think there's hundreds of thousands of movies for us to watch. That's a pretty good scale. I think previous ones was one in 10 years. One was one in five, I think, for Hereditary. And then and Poltergeist was one in 10. And so this is one in two and a half. So out of the ones we've done up to now, Texas Chainsaw, I think, was one in 400 years. (laughs) (laughs) Not the original. No, not the the remake. Yeah, the remake. The the original is a yearly. It's an annual watch. Right. Uh, I'm going to go one and a half, uh, one, uh, once every two and a half years. And then I I would suggest it and, uh, go check it out. uh, Also, I do agree with some of those reviews, which was like, as a whole, when you look at it outside the horror genrefication, it's, it's a good drama. There's some dramatic elements to it. Right. And I think those are some of the real good, uh, beats to it. So go check it out. This is the exorcist. I'm going to give it. 7.9 Seven point nine. Projectile vomits.
1: Nice, that's good. That's a good score too.
0: Yeah, I think really so. Good, I yeah. came in just under IMDb, so uh, that's where
1: I sit that's on it. Solid.
0: Anything else you want to throw out before we end this sucker?
1: No, just thanks for if you if you've listened this far, thanks for for sticking with it. <laughs> I yes. it, this is a fun one to talk about. I really I enjoy talking about this one. This, this was a
0: really good one to, to look into. So with another scary movie in the books for our 2020 Horror Month, be sure to jump on over to tameaperture.com and check out our previous episodes. You can look at those on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and all other podcast platforms, including our YouTube channel, where you can do a watch listen to Alan and myself and see our beautiful faces. We're deconstructing films and arguing whether it's good or not, and you can also uh, leave your comments and your thoughts for us, and we can delve into those with our own analysis. Your commentary is appreciated.
1: So, uh, yeah, leave a comment for Hugs. Let, let Hugs know you, you appreciate him. No one That's else right. seems We need
0: to a, We need to do a post. Make sure Hugs gets on the post for Horror Month.
1: Oh, yeah, I got it. I, I, totally, I got, I got a, a one that I've already taken that I, I want to hang up in my room. <laughs> He's part of the family, man. You hang pictures of your family up in the house. Do you take family you
0: pictures with him? We should well, take him to actually, the next family picture.
1: We really should, actually. That's not a bad idea. That's what I'm saying. He's taller saying. than all of us, so.
0: I'm, I'm good for something. <laughs> so for Alan, I'm Gabe, and we are the Tame Aperture Podcast. Go check us out. Until next time, signing off. The Tame Aperture Podcast is produced by Dutch Angle Pictures in association with Studio B Productions. Listen, watch, and subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Spotify, and YouTube.